Some of the world's greatest stories are told through song. We tell the stories about those who give us these songs. Not all the songs are great, but God damn, do these guys make it interesting. You are now listening to Voluble Radio Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Voluble Radio. Mike here, and we got a great episode for you today. Ryan, Rich, and I sit down with our good friend James, and we discuss the long and fascinating career of rap, rock, country superstar Kid Rock. So strap on your track pants and your wife beater as we roll on the Born Free American Badass. You know, going into this before I did any research or anything, I was definitely not a Kid Rock fan growing up. Were you, you guys were kind of into Kid Rock? or Yeah, Devil Without a Cause, uh, basically, and uh, a little bit of history of rock, but uh, after that, I just, I completely fell off. Really fucking love. I mean, he's probably, he's definitely in my top five favorite artists of all time, and I'm really not sure why. <laughs> um, Actually, that's really, I could see that, man. Yeah, no. I, I, the first thing I remember seeing of him was like, um, a Bob with a Bob music video real quick at someone's house, and they were like, oh, yeah, that midget guy. And I was like, what is this? And I hated it because I didn't like rap at that point. Was that was like 98, 90, that was like before, I think it was 98, maybe 99. Bob with a Bob came out in 99. But the, the album came out in 98. Okay, right? right? Okay. And I remember being like, this sucks. And then <laughs> went back and listened to it, and I was like, no, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, that song, the way that album starts off with that song is fucking great. That you just know it's... Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And you hear that starting up, and like if you're at like a concert and they're playing it beforehand, like a show goes on or something, or a strip club a lot... It's fucking awesome when you when it because yeah, it's in. like that far away, like that. Yeah, and it just gets louder, <laughs> right? And then it just kicks in. I do remember when that came out and thinking that just the uh, the guitar riff on the verses was just badass. That that like that is yeah. Really he surrounded himself man. with great musicians. He got um, to play the Twisted Brown Trucker. He just knew them and got them all together and. Uh, they're really good. But you know what? It's crazy because he's actually really good at all instruments, too. I saw that in the research. He plays drums. He, he plays, plays piano, everything. Yeah, when I, I saw him back in 99, him in Power Man 5000. Mm-hmm. And um, he, the concert just wouldn't end. I had school the next day, and I was so tired, and he was just playing for hours. That's then, the kind of concert you you want to end eventually. It was, it Power was Man awesome. 5000 and Kid Rock. But Kid Rock was closing, obviously. And it was awesome, but it just wouldn't fucking end. I'm like, I got school in like fucking five <laughs> hours, dude. Could you please end it? And he's behind the guitar playing it, and like your, the guitar your, arms your, are Your fedora is really sweet. Love the guinea <laughs> tea. Beaver slacks and Van Vegas hacks. One of his CDs, he, he played most of the instruments on like, yeah. to wrap it up. Yeah, I think that was actually uh, Early Morning Stone Pimp. Is yeah, that, that was the name of it, right? Yeah. And it's it's crazy because, one, I didn't realize this guy had any, like, musicianship, any kind of real musical yeah. talent kind yeah, of he thing. Actually does. And, yeah, he he's a real fucking dude, man. I really uh, – I was really really surprised how much I really liked him. I I watched this interview where – Do you like him as, like, an idea of a person, a musician, or uh... – do you like him, his music at all? You know what it is now? I like about him? Okay, so if if I'm driving around the car, I don't think there's ever a day where I'm going to go, oh, I'm in the mood for Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I have those days. <laughs> okay. But if he's playing at a barbecue or if the song's on at a bar or something, I'm going to be rocking along with it now because I really think he's not only the American badass, but he's the badass American entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> right? 
he's one of those guys that, like, we were talking about with uh, Limp Bizkit, where he just went after it and just kept going after it. Yeah, there was no stopping him, no matter yeah, what. Like, you would, you would know who he is now to this day if he didn't blow up, because he would have made himself known yeah, like just he did. His shit in the beginning, the early years, like, before. <laughs> I mean, you can't find grit sandwiches. From, it doesn't. It, it's like, what? where was Eminem before fucking... Exactly. The real Slim Shady, or, or um, my name is. Yeah, right, Slim Shady LP, right? So, like, his shit, Kid Rock shit, which is, I guess, a lot of it's thrown in on uh, History of Rock. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, a bunch of his old shit thrown on there. It's like, that that didn't exist. It, it, it existed if you fucking lived in his town in Michigan or whatever. It's good, because it shows that you could grow up um, middle, cl- upper class, and then make it... Uh, even bigger. And that was <laughs> what was crazy. So my impression of what Kid Rock was, I'm like, okay, this is white trash rapper guy, right? Blue collar as fuck. But he's actually a rich kid, right? Yeah. And Bob Richie kid. <laughs> Bob Richie. Ooh, very, I like that. Uh, but yeah, I, despite him being like a rich kid, he does have some real roots in like the hip hop scene. Yeah. Like he came up. In a time, like in the 80s, like old school hip-hop, run DMC, like he was doing shit from a young age. Where to... It's funny that, James, you mentioned like the Limp Bizkit episode that we did together. And I think the d- big difference between, say, Fred Durst and Kid Rock is Kid Rock is real. Yeah, more than I guess. I love your Fred initial. Nobody could see it. your face. was like, oh. <laughs> 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 when I said Kid Rock is real. He's real, all right. My problem with Kid Rock is that he, I don't know, I don't know where the real Kid Rock is. Is it in the rap or is it in the country? It's like, where are you at, Rock? Or did he just mature as a human being? It is. Where are you at? It's like, are you over there with the girls in the 40s of beer or are you over there with your country guitar and cowboy hat? I don't know, man. Yeah, he traded that fedora in for a big 10-gallon country. We were watching last night, it happened to be some uh, car show, and they were making a car for Kid Rock. And we're like, oh, we got to watch this. Wow. West Coast Customs. Wow. And so um, we're watching it. And... um, they bring him the car, and uh, he doesn't seem that impressed. But they show up in like a cabin in Podunk ass nowhere, and um, the car you could tell he didn't really like. That was like <laughs> I would have went like this, but they went like this, and uh, and the and the the <laughs> like the the locks were mm-hmm. handguns bolted, and Ooh. like you got to like trigger to mm-hmm. unlock it and pull it. Mm-hmm. Like good luck getting pulled over, dude. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. If I saw that as a cop, if I saw Kid Rock driving that car, not realizing Kid Rock is Kid Rock, and I'd be like, "Look at this white trash just stole this car, and he's got <laughs> guns in there." I'll say this: as far as Kid Rock goes, I like I genuinely like a lot of the stuff that like people like his uh, history of rock is one of my favorite CDs of all mm. time. I could listen to it from the very beginning to the very end. I like every single song on it, and to me, what that says is. This is a guy, this is an artist that if you're like if you like their B-side shit, then who the fuck is really listening to their shit? Because and what I mean by that is he's famous off of Ba with the Ba, right. Only God knows why, and honestly like Cheryl Crow, that song yeah. picture. Yeah. If it wasn't for like that, I-, I can't see him selling a lot. I don't I don't understand how he sold like 40 million albums. Yeah. That is insane to me. Yeah. I don't I get it. It got a lot of people like um it was like rap, so like maybe some rap people were into it, and it was like rock, so like metal and rocker kids were into it. Like in the documentary I watched, it showed like all like gothy ish rocker new metal right, kids right, right. into them. But it also had like this country feel, so it had bigger country ish shit and like a classic rock feel that without a cause felt like a classic rock album. I have a theory about how um, 
sold, but uh, the people that bought them had to uh, get got them stolen. And borrowed <laughs> them out, so they had to buy it again. That probably is a very <laughs> stolen CD. <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought I bought History of Rock at Walmart, took it home, realized it was edited, couldn't return it, <laughs> couldn't return it because it was opened, so I bought it again somewhere else, like uh, whatever, FYE. So I have two, and I have one version where all the swear words are... I have um I have a devil without a cause that's like that. I had the real version, but then I saw an edited version, and I knew the end of Welcome to the Party is different on the edited version. It like turns into a rock song rather than say hip hop. So and so I go. got that, and it's listen to it is so funny. Like you used to call me ping pong when my nose is ping pong, and it just all beeps and horns, and it sounds like a goofy fucking. It's so funny. It sounds to like a jerky boys record where it's like they call me crazy fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um. But that kind of plays into what, like, why I think Kid Rock's a genius, man. He knew how to go for the country guy. He knew how to go for the rock guy. At one point in his concerts, he had, like, strippers, bikers. Radio edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> strippers, bikers, hip-hop heads, rock kids, everything in between. And his heroes in the methadone clinic. He's, he's ICP, but that got mainstream. That's how mm. I feel about Kid Rock. If he, if he didn't have, like, Ba with the Boff, that shit didn't blow up. If he didn't have Sheryl Crow, he would be, like, the, the same level as Insane Clown Posse. He would have his, like, meth head fucking fans that show up to his concerts. <laughs> but he wouldn't be, like, on MTV, and he wouldn't have been interviewed with Dan Rather. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That is crazy. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, his interviews are great, too. Um, I saw this thing where he was talking about his kid, Junior, Bob Richie Jr., I guess. Is that the black one? One yes. of them is not his. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but no, he we'll raised get into it like that his own. Timeline, right. which is, I kind of, my heart goes out to the guy when I was reading that. Yeah, I, I, I saw it driven on it and it was like. But um, his interviews are great because he seems like a really cool dad. Like, not like a cool dad, like, hey, do meth with me <laughs> kind of cool dad. <laughs> but he seems like, you know, he's about his kids' grades. He's very involved in his kid going to college and stuff. What I like about Kid Rock is that he is a man of his community, you know? Like, I was watching this thing where he's at the local bar uh, in whatever town he lives in in Michigan these days. He's drinking with all the people, and, the, you know, people are just coming up to him like, hey, Bobby, how's the kid doing? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And it really means something to him that his community respects him. Mm. Like, there's even that whole thing with Pam Anderson and him when they were together. They actually broke up, I was reading, because he wanted to stay in the Detroit area, and she wanted to do the L.A. thing. And I'm like, that's pretty cool, man. He's, like, real to his roots. He's real to... <laughs> I was watching. Did you see the... Um, he's in court, and they're about uh, him hitting Tommy Lee at the VMAs? No, I, I have some stuff on that, but I didn't, oh, God. Yeah, I didn't look at that. funny the way the judge is asking him, like, uh, Bob Ritchie, is that your name? Yeah. He's like, are you also known as Kid Rock? <laughs> yes. Are you also known as the early morning stone pimp? He's like, Yes. Are you oh also known as, and he's given a couple other, and he goes, Rock and Roll Jesus. And Kid Rock's like, uh, well, so. that was an album, but yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they just keep asking him, are you that's, also that's known as? That's where our money goes to when we pay taxes so that a fucking judge can ask him if he's known as Rock and Roll Jesus. Thanks. The Thank early morning stones. Thanks, Obama. Glad we're clarifying that this is the fucking correct person. Just get his social security <laughs> yeah. number. End of story. Yeah, right. What kind of interviewer is that? Like, maybe do some research before you interview Kid Rock, right? Are you also known as Man Paper and Boy Scissors? <laughs> Kid Rock is bad one. But, uh, I guess, uh, you know, let's let's just jump into the uh, the timeline before we give a little bit Back too much away. Back when he was Kid Pebble. 
So, yeah, that would be fucking great if he was Kid, Kid Pebble at one point. But uh, he was born – oh, sorry, Robert James Ritchie, uh, born January of 71 in Romeo, Michigan. My name's Kid Rock. I'm a Capricorn. Short City is <laughs> where I was born. So, Romeo – I, it's more of like, what, like a, a better suburb, I guess, or like a nicer suburb, like middle class. Right? Yeah, I think it's uh, Hickish because he had like six-acre farm out there. All that shit out there is Hickish if you're not in Detroit. Is it just like go Detroit right into – like here. It would, it would be like – Newark like to – nice, Yeah. Yeah. Newark, like yeah. a nice suburb of Detroit. Um, his sister Jill, I read, is like a C-level actress. Mm. She was in a bunch of um, uh, TV shows, I guess. I don't, I don't know if she was in film really, but she just did like – I think she was on The Shield or something <laughs> like that, right? Um, his father was an owner. Did you have that possum face like him, too? Oh, Jesus Christ. Be a good place. Oh, my God. Pretty good. Possum face. Yipes. Oh. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> um, his father... His father, so basically his family was really wealthy. His father owned several car dealerships. My dad owns a dealership, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad owns a dealership. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, the family lived on a six-acre estate where Kid Rock as a kid would pick apples and care for the horses, I read. Yeah, he um, he had a big, like, if you listen to a couple of songs, he always talks about mowing the lawn and how much he hates it. I, I noticed to that listening to, to the music, yeah. And I remember on The Driven, I didn't read this anywhere recently, but he, him and his, bro, his brother used to mow the lawn. Mm -hmm. And he was up in a tree, and something with a lawnmower came and cut his legs off. What? And so, Who's? Kid Rock's brother. And now, uh, Kid Rock was pissed because then he had to mow the lawn. <laughs> oh, my God. I swear, because he talks about mowing the lawn in a couple of songs. Are you fucking with us? I, no, I swear, this is... Uh, his brother straight up... Has, has no legs, <laughs> I believe. This is from a Driven in 2000, 2001. I don't know. But I remember seeing it there. I didn't read it on the wiki or anything. But uh, if Rich could look up if Kid Rock's brother has no legs. Yeah, yeah, Richie, check that out. Um, I've never heard that. That is insane. Yeah, and he was only pissed because then he had to mow the huge six-acre lawn. <laughs> that actually reminds and me of that. And before I cut, I go behind the garage, garage and fire, fire it up. up. Yeah. And he talks about it then, and there's an earlier song. He's talking about something about mowing lawns. That actually reminds me of that other Jerky Boy uh, sketch where he's just like, you tip the mower over and you fall into the fucking blade. <laughs> <laughs> tip it over, you got, got a little itty bitty lawn, you got one of them big lawns. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so um, yeah, so, yeah, his brother, too, I read that he was a drug addict, too. Mm. There was, like, this big thing where Rock was talking about um, – I'm going to just refer to him as Rock, if that's okay with you guys. <laughs> but uh, Rock was talking about how he had to go to some kind of uh, intervention for his brother – and the therapist is like, oh, well, hey, Bobby, how do you feel about this? He's like, how about suck my dick, motherfucker? How do you feel about that? What? Like, yeah. That's what he said in an interview? Yeah, and, or yeah, for his brother's intervention because oh. he's addicted to. No, that's what he said that in an interview. Oh, he lost yes. one of his legs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, he fell off a tractor and lost one leg. Okay, wow. Okay, so that. So I guess you can't really mow a lawn You can with fucking mow with one leg. Man, the fuck up. Hobble around, you piece of shit. They have ride-on mowers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Your daddy could afford one. He owns a oh, dealership. He probably can get you a good lease on one. Tractor. Tractor. Actually. All right. Thank you, Richie. Um, so, yeah, so he's picking apples. He's caring for the horses. Mowing the lawn. <laughs> Mowing the lawn. Putting some cocoa butter on his brother's fucking limp. <laughs> Stump. Stump. Oh, my Lord. Dude. 
So on his flaps. Oh my god. So he starts flaps. <laughs> um he starts uh so Kid Rock starts getting into DJing and hip hop at a very young age. Like his dad buys him a bunch of like DJ equipment I read. Yeah, he was like a big um break dancer first. Yeah, so what I read was uh, him and his sister Jill, the sea level celebrity. Um, <laughs> they started out by Jill Rock. Jill Rock. Uh, they started out in a dance school and they majored in jazz and tap. And I'm like, that's so funny to think of Kid Rock doing tap dancing and jazz. <laughs> Kid Rock instead of throwing up the metal horns, he's throwing up jazz hands. Like <laughs> <laughs> he looks pretty respectable in that uh, in the picture in the liner notes of uh, History of Rock. He's got like a little sweater vest, doesn't he? Aw. He's like eight. Oh, fuck, I, don't, I don't remember that pic. He looks high as hell because his eyes were always wonky. <laughs> he's got wonky eyes. Oh, he's got wonky right, eye. Right, right, right. He's got like trash eye. Just like always drunk. One's looking this way, the other's looking that way. And he no, had it since he was a kid. Oh, no. no. <laughs> he's the long haired wizard with the lazy the eye. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I do know that. I forgot. What's, what's that from? Is that Eminem? No, 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 no. That's, or is that... uh, I think that's off the of early morning storm, stone pimp because that's one of the few albums I All listened right. straight through. And yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a great fucking album, by the way, too. That's mm -hmm. really actually pretty good. Um, so they're doing jazz and tap. Uh, Kid Rock's about 11 years old. And, um, so the school puts on a talent show and Kid Rock does this break dance routine mm -hmm. and it gets so much attention that the teacher pulls Rock aside like, hey, do you want to teach a uh, break dance class here? Like, and now this is like the 80s, too. So hip hop's I, I would imagine Midwest, Detroit, not really probably rel or big in uh, in Detroit. yet. I think right? it might have been because mm -hmm. you got all those bands coming out around that time. ICP was doing it in the 80s. True that. Um, Eminem. In Detroit, e yeah, but probably where he was at, they were like, oh. That's well, what I'm saying, like the oh, suburbs yeah, yeah, in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? the, yeah good point. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, so this kind of like blew people away. So he starts uh, teaching kids how to break dance, and he's like DJing there, too. So he's <laughs> getting his chops. He's like, oh, you get on your head, you spin around, and he just sees on the turntables, <laughs> fucking ripping it, and uh, yeah. So then, Rich Richie's agreeing to this thing. Now, I read this thing that Kid Rock got his name from one of two places. <laughs> I think we watched the same bootleg ass. <laughs> I watched a little bit of it. It was so cheap ass. Yeah, there's I, this documentary hard. where it's just horrible. The music's terrible in it. It's the unofficial one, and they're just talking to people that knew him, maybe. Yeah, You're may just going to exactly. take their word. Yeah, it's like the friends of Kid Rock, and the one kid's like, yeah, there was this dude that came up. Uh, I forget where he's from, but his name was already Kid Rock. There was a rapper that mm -hmm. was in that area, and then he changed his name to MC Quick and gave Kid Rock moniker to bob ritchie oh i just heard it um that white boy can young. rock yeah he, that kid rocks yeah that white kid can rock that's yeah. the other way i heard it too so uh, that was like the only conflicting thing i really found but uh so his father would keep buying would buy him more and more equipment so he can dj getting him records all that stuff and then kid rock around 15 he starts going to mount clemens and that, i guess that's like more of like a urban area between romeo and detroit yeah and he starts getting some recognition because he starts DJing at all the parties at Mount Clemens. And, yeah, I guess they're like, hey, that white kid can rock, you know. Uh, and then what's interesting I, about this, too, is now his dad's like this hotshot car dealership guy. And he buys all the equipment for rock, but he makes rock pay him back. All right. Yeah. So it's just kind of like he's teaching him how to be this like business savvy kind of person from the beginning. 
Yeah, so now he's in Mount Clemens. Uh, this is where, around this time, his brother, I guess because he lost his leg in that tractor accident, um, <laughs> starts getting addicted to some kind of drugs. Uh, Kid Rock. Um, so, yeah, so the story that Kid Rock told in this interview is that they had this intervention for his brother. He told the fucking therapist to suck his dick. <laughs> And then his mother's like, you're going to go back and apologize. And Kid Rock's like, no, fuck you. I'm not going back and saying shit. And she told Kid Rock to pack his shit up and leave. So originally I read it that he fucking ran away from home, but apparently got kicked out of the house. This is There's too many fucking holes in Kid Rock's fucking story. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand, dude. Like, that's what I, I get, too, from reading shit and fucking listening to him. It's like, what actually happened, dude? Mm -hmm. what, did you, was your dad fucking, like, happily providing you with this equipment? Or was he, yeah. Or were you yeah. just a badass and were fucking... Because then later it on, he pays for poly, right Polyfuse that. Method or, or Early Morning Stone Pimp. He yeah, pays for yeah. one of them. Well, I read that... And the song, My Oedipus Complex, is on it. And it's about his dad, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? And he has one song where it's just like, or... my dad sold cars and he was a dick. Like, yeah, his rap style was terrible back I, in the day. I, I feel way. like he had a very cushy upbringing and he didn't want that to be like his mm. thing like he wanted to be the guy that was like oh, i'm busting my ass every day self-made man reality, his dad was like helping him out so he like if you asked him he'd be like yeah i'm gonna fuck my dad yeah <laughs> yeah he can't get a straight story it, it, i mean that makes perfect sense because he gets kicked out of the house he's 15 years old he moves in with just like random friends in the mount clemens area and then he's part of this gang called the best friends and he <laughs> sounds sell, scary and he sells crack out of a car dealership yeah, a, a car wash <laughs> yeah oh car wash was it, was it crack I, I read crack. I'm sure it was everything. I, I couldn't find what he was selling, but I saw that he was selling drugs. But um, so, yeah, he's selling drugs in Mount... That's weird because he doesn't rap about selling drugs ever. I actually, I did hear in one of the... I forget what album it's off of. One of the songs he mentions, like something like, selling crack out of car wash. Oh, all right. I don't know what which number that one is. Is that with the undercarriage wash? Do you get a bag of meth? Because I fucking can't. When I go to get my car wash, I don't get drugs. How many people got like fucking... S like soap sold to them from the fucking car wash itself is crack. Rocks. Did he have that brush that he washes the wheels? And then <laughs> if you do that and he's doing that, then you're gonna get the good stuff. <laughs> Give me some of that good stuff. <laughs> so there's a local guy in the Mount Clemens area. His name is the Black Man, and uh, he starts this. Is that his actual name, or does they? That's his rap name. He's like his producer name, the Black oh, right. Man. Yeah. 2017 translation, the African American <laughs> Man. Yeah. What if he's from Jamaica? <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's not Africa. I, I think the they're point. originally from Africa anyway. They brought him to Jamaica. All right, all right, all right. That makes it start to make some sense there. Um, <laughs> oh, that's getting cut out. Um, so uh, the Black Man uh, starts this crew called the Beast Crew. And it's, like, just local rappers in that area. There's a rapper, uh, Champ Town. I don't know if you guys know him, Champ no. Town. So Champ Town introduces Kid Rock to D-Nice of the Boogie Down Productions crew. Yeah. And for those that don't know, that's KRS-One's first rap group. Yeah, I think D-Nice is on uh, Grit Sandwiches. I think he's yep. on yeah, the cover with him. And... Oh, is that him on the cover? Yeah, I think so. That's so funny. You know what's funny about the Grit Sandwiches uh, cover? <laughs> it Remember that movie, Baby's Kids? Yeah, it looks just like Baby's Kids. It looks Kids. like Baby's Kids. Like, I'm like, well, that is fucking genius, man. <laughs> well, that was before Baby's Kids, that yeah. album came out, so. 
They, uh, yeah, they got inspired by Kid Rock. They did. Two years before, I believe. And now, at this time, too, Kid Rock's rocking that high-top fade, uh-huh. the eraser uh, haircut or whatever, right? How are you going to spin on your head with that thing? <laughs> yeah. That's what, what you spin on. It's padded. <laughs> yeah, it looks like uh, Wayne Static, basically. It's that high in the air. It's that big. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, Rock hits it off with D-Nice of BDP, and uh, D-Nice invites Rock to open for DDP. Diamond Dallas Page. BDP. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> DDP, yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> so uh, he opens up for Boogie Down Productions, and Boogie Down was performing in an Ain't No Joke, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> which eventually... Uh, lands him a uh, record. I know I hate myself too. Uh, which eventually lands him a record deal with Jive Records, mm-hmm. and he's like 17 years old. Um, and I think his dad is still kind of involved in his life, even though I was reading this thing where, or I, I'm sorry, I was watching this interview with Kid Rock where he was talking about like he's in the hood, he's hanging out with his hoodlum friends, doing hood stuff with <laughs> Dude, his friends. You beat me to it, <laughs> and. It'd be stuff where, like, his mom would show up out of nowhere and take him to the dentist. (laughs) (laughs) She'd have a fucking rolling pin and be hitting him with it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, And, yeah, so his dad um, is like, because he's only, like, 17 at this point. So his dad's like, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be working for my car dealership. And he's (laughs) mowing the lawn. Mowing the lawn. Yes, the first thing that he signed was a Again, like his parents did not want him to sign like his contract, the first shitty whatever contract he got. I think he was seventeen it at was, that point. It seemed like a legit contract, but I guess they fucked him later on. But yeah, at first it seemed all right. Yeah, so what kind of a fuck? No, it, I don't know if they fucked him or if he just like what are you gonna get out of a seventeen-year-old fucking quote-unquote rapper? Like this guy doesn't have the talent to fucking. It, I- from my opinion, yeah, back then he definitely. I didn't. think I think that they saw what the Beastie Boys were doing, and if you listen to the album, so. It sounds like Will Smith dirty, Kinda, like 80s yeah, Will yeah, yeah. Smith, but I just mm-hmm. talking about pussy and dicks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yolen so in the valley. valley. So this is like 1990. So he goes and records grit sandwiches for breakfast. Yolen in the valley. It's pretty good. I like your voice modulation. <laughs> I've been working on it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, the album is produced mostly by Rock himself, so he does a lot of the DJ work, a lot of the drum programming, except for two tracks are produced by Too Short, which is fucking sweet, yeah. um, and the album's lead single, Yodeling in the Valley, a uh, little delightful little toe-tapper about eating pussy, uh, produced by The Black Man, and also produced by Mike E. Clark. Oh, yeah, from ICP. From ICP, yeah, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Mike E. Clark uh, did ICP, and he also did... Uh, he was like the producer and... He also produced uh, Mickey Avalon, too, which I, I thought that. was cool. And um, so the way it works is he originally goes to Mikey Clark and he records this demo to present to Jive Records. And uh, I think Mikey Clark was talking when Kid Rock showed up to record his demo. He was shocked that Kid Rock was white. And Kid <laughs> Rock was shocked that he was white. <laughs> and they both kind of like did this like. Whoa. They opened the door and they both got spooked. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> 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 was that um you listen to that first album you could tell kid rock is white there's yeah, 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 yeah. nothing not white about he probably him. didn't listen to it somebody <laughs> probably was like yeah you should hear this guy and the guy was fucking high and drunk and was like okay and then he shows up he's like what and like kid rock kind of looks like macaulay culkin with a fucking <laughs> yeah. uh racer yes. haircut thing you know <laughs> macaulay culkin's scared and his hair just goes up 
So they they get this thing recorded. Uh, Yodel in the in the valley becomes like a I guess college radio hit. It's like a minor hit or something, right? Um, and Richie does. He opens up for Cube. Yeah, he opens up for Ice Cube. He's touring with uh, Boogie Down Productions, oh, yeah. which is a very legit rap act. That's where the difference between him and Fred Durst. I feel like Kid Rock was actually in with real rappers, where Fred Durst was like, "This is already becoming popular." So I'm just going to jump on this fucking train and just take it as far as I can go. Uh, but so Richie does this one performance. Uh, Richie. Kid Rock does this one performance at a local record store in the Detroit area. And Eminem shows up, mm. which is fucking hilarious. So this is 1990. Eminem shows up. And Eminem, the way the I, I watched this interview with the guy that owned the record store. And he's like, yeah, Marshall was this smart ass kid. He'd come in. He'd look through the records like this one sucks. This one sucks. This one sucks. So he's just like. I don't know, like this critic of all rap music in the Detroit area. And Kid Rock performs uh, tracks. I think he's like DJing and shit in the record store. And Eminem is in the back and he just keeps screaming like, battle me, battle me, battle me. Yo, you want to battle me? <laughs> I heard it that um, Kid Rock heard Eminem and he was just so fast that he was like, yo, slow it down what you're saying. Right. And you got something no, here. Well, the way it works is so so uh, the record producer pulls Eminem as a record producer, record store owner pulls Eminem aside like, hey, listen, man, you might get your shot one day, but this is his day. OK, why don't you just let him have his day? But Kid Rock being and this is why I think Kid Rock's the fucking man. Cool ass motherfucker meets Eminem after this fucking thing. And he's like, listen, man, like, what do you got? You got a tape or something? He actually listens to Eminem's tape, and he gets back in touch with Eminem, and he goes, dude, what you got is great, mm -hmm. and you should, exactly what you said, slow it down so people can hear what you're saying, you know? Yeah. Which is funny, because Eminem went full circle, now he's back to, like, rapid, fast <laughs> rapping about fucking God knows what nonsense. Yeah, and Kid Rock's doing country. <laughs> Nobody's, thank you, Rich, and no one's listening to him again. <laughs> <laughs> That's complete 360 full circle. Um, but the, but the, um, I, I read something, too, as Rock was promoting this album. So he was touring with Ice Cube and BDP, and D-Nice remembers that BDP was traveling around. In this These are too many letters, dude. Just <laughs> and and uh, Boogie Down was traveling around in this hooked-up tour bus, and Rock was driving some beat-up jalopy-ass car. And there was a time where the car broke down, and they were just kind of like, hey, Kid Rock, come on the bus with us. Yeah, I heard he doesn't like small cars or real big women. But somehow he always finds himself in a <laughs> I've read that, actually. <laughs> that was actually my next line. So the album does go on to sell 100,000 copies, which, in my opinion, not terrible for what the mm. album is. Yeah, yeah. And um, but by '91, the label drops him because the Vanilla Ice thing imploded. Yeah, and that's kind of why they got rid of him because they're like, "Oh, Vanilla Ice is corny as fuck. He's doing this Go Ninja Go bullshit." Damn, that fucking sucks. Kid Rock should fight that guy. That's what Eminem said too. That uh, that Vanilla Ice fucked him over too, oh, trying to be a rapper because everyone hated it. Yeah, um, actually, Kid Rock went on to write, pen an open letter to um, Vanilla Ice. I think it was in Rolling Stone, where it's just like, Vanilla Ice, fuck you. Thank you for fucking it up for all white people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, So now it's 91. Uh, Rock goes back to Detroit, and he befriends Uncle Cracker. Mm. Who he didn't even know how to DJ until he taught him. Yeah, Kid Rock. Yeah, so I guess what it was is that uh, Kid Rock battled Uncle Cracker's brother in a freestyle competition, <laughs> and he and he beat his brother, and then Uncle Cracker was like, yo, man, you nice, or whatever, and then 
Kid Rock. I love that Kid Rock in the story, too. He just finds people that have no musical talent. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to do everything. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. And he sounds, Kid, uh, Uncle Cracker is weird. I think he only got him because he sounds just like Kid Rock. Like, okay. We were watching the Woodstock thing, and he was rapping or talking or doing something. And we're like, is that, who the fuck is, it sounds just fucking like him. I, I mean, that would make sense. It's like, you weird. want somebody that's going to be a cut of your own cloth yeah. kind of thing. I get that. Um, so, yeah, he gets Uncle uh, Cracker. Well, I think Cracker's still in high school at this point, too. Probably. And Kid Rock's basically in high school. He's yeah. Like 18, 19. 18, 19, something like that. Yeah, 91. Yeah, he's like 18 at this point. So uh, he gets Uncle Cracker to start DJing for him, even though Cracker has never done any kind of DJing <laughs> before. And Kid Rock gets picked up by an in- uh, independent label, Continuum. So then he goes back to the studio with Mike Clark. This is still 91. And they start putting together what would become the Polyfuse method. Mm. So it's kind of cool because Polyfuse, Polyfuse method is kind of his transition into being this like rock rapper kind of guy. And more Beastie Boys-ish. Yeah, it kind of sounds like his Paul's Boutique in a way. Yeah, it's very sample heavy. And um, they used a Cure sample for Christ's sakes. I forget which song, but... um. Yeah, I saw they good. they sampled. Uh, I have it here somewhere. I think they sampled the Smiths on that album. Oh, Pink damn. Floyd, uh, Led Zeppelin. So it's just very random yeah. stuff. And uh, so ninety two, uh, Mike E. Clark is also working. With- <laughs> yeah, this just reminds me. In one of the liner notes, I'm guessing it's for uh, grit sandwiches. I have he, one of the thanks. Thanks to all the crusty old rock stars who won't let me use their music in my samples, you dicks. <laughs> Something like that. He just calls them out. <laughs> Yo, God forbid they don't want Kid Rock to use <laughs> yeah. their music, dude. Jesus. Uh, An unknown Kid Rock. Yeah, exactly. Talking yeah. about pussy and... Yeah. Um, Crits, Crits sandwiches for breakfast. Um, I, don't, I don't really... I don't really understand the timeline of when it was released or whatever, but it, it was out there, and um, I guess a trivia fact is that Yodelin' in the Valley was played on air, and that was that resulted for, at the time, the highest Oh, yeah, I did hear that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, exactly. It was some college radio station, I think, got, yeah, fined by the FCC for playing that. A delicious break from potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that fucking thing. Uh, but, yeah, so Continuum... Um, is now picked up Pig Kid Rock. Oh, I'm sorry. So my so now we're in '92. Mike E. Clark is working with ICP at the time, and I guess he's Carnival the one of Carnage. Exactly, he's working on the Carnival of Carnage, and I guess he's the one that hooks Kid Rock up with them. Yeah, uh, they had to pay. Uh, ICP wanted some big name on the album, so Kid Rock was big in that area. Him and Esham. Uh, we're like the two biggest ones, and, and that's um, uh, just not to cut you off, but th- that's what's funny. Like Detroit had no hip hop scene whatsoever at this point, so Esham and Kid Rock are the two biggest names. Yeah, out of fucking Detroit. I read the uh, ICP book Behind the Paint, and um, they talk about Esham a lot and how they really respected him, and now he's like part of their. Crew I listen and stuff. to Esham too. You can hear that Detroit hip hop is very unique. It's got that Motown rock yeah, and roll it, thing to it, it. Yeah, like uh, what's the. So long, bitch, you did me so wrong. That Eminem song. Yeah, yeah, Kim. Kim. You can hear that that's that Detroit sound. Esham kind of sounded like that in the early 90s already, which yeah. is really interesting to me. Wow, that's crazy. But wasn't ICP already, like, out there? there were 92 was their first, like, big, their first full album. Uh, that was the first Carnival card out of six they were originally going to drop. Because so, at that point, like, I guess Violent J kind of, he helped... He helped launch Kid Rock. Like, didn't he get? No, he. They were. The, Kid Rock was already something big, and then Violent J 
uh, in 92, we're talking. So that's ICP paid Kid Rock because he was already somewhat known to be on their album. Yeah, because there's not much. Because they're known for doing that. Yeah, they, they, they pay. They got him to one of their concerts, I think. They got him to, like, open for them. Yeah, yeah, he, because uh, they were friends. Cause that was, like, their uh, record release. They got him um, to show up for them. So he, so he was he was already a he was big, bigger, yeah. But they, Kid Rock they was always yeah bigger shit. than that, all right, all right. and that's how uh, the beef with uh, Eminem and uh, ICP started? ICP started right? because Eminem was having a record release party and said uh, um, people Eminem, showing up. He said Kid Rock and maybe Insane Clown Posse, Ooh. and uh, they saw it and they didn't even ask. They're like, who the fuck are you? We don't know you. Why would we show up? He's like, well, that's why I said and maybe, and that's how the beef started. Because, Is that a real thing? Yeah. Wow. I Eminem just said that they were going to show up and he didn't even know them. Hmm. But now the beef squashed from the Lopez show. Is, is they that talk a, about it. Yeah. Is that a real thing too? Jeez. They come out like Eric Estrada, the ICP, <laughs> and they're yelling at Lopez, and it's fucking stupid. Oh, oh my yeah, God. violent J. Don't, don't don't be violent <laughs> with it. It's Ken Knip from Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. I gotta skip that track. I love that's like my favorite track. Too vulgar. Of <laughs> Too vulgar. <laughs> yeah, <such> vulgar. <laughs> um, but what's funny about Kid Rock being on that uh, ICP record, Violent J said that he was never a fan of Kid Rock. He hated his style. Yeah, he didn't like his style, right? I read that shit, too. And Rock showed up to record his part. I guess it's the song, Is That You? Yeah, he... Um, he Do you drops... know this? Do you know the song? Uh, yeah, he drops an N-word in it, Kid Rock. He calls himself it, and it's... Uh, so if the G, he drops a couple of N-words. He ends it with an A. Yeah, and a uh, black chick, white guy, he drops it. So um, I think I don't know. ICP is definitely not down with that, and they never use that. Yeah, because so they're maybe. they're into calling each other ninja. ninja. <laughs> they're smart right. with it. They change yeah, it. That's very smart. Uh, but yeah, so Kid Rock shows up to record the song, but he's so drunk and <laughs> fucked up that he has to come back the next day and yeah. re-record it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking how ridiculous is that? <laughs> now, do you think that was him accidentally doing that, or is that him trying to be a rock star in front of them, being like, yeah, I'm drunk and I could do it, and then he's like, oh, fuck, I guess I can't. I, I, mean, I think it was him trying. That was like a show, I feel. Yeah, I think it's a he's smarter than that. Yeah, exactly. He's very business advocate. Yeah, so I think that was a, um, a move he tried to do. And I think it might be a little up. like column A, column B kind of situation yeah. where he has like 1920, and so yeah, he came back that is something I would shit the next day, and was like, "Oh, hey guys, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry even... I dropped in and uh, last came night. in in like a nice clothes, and, like a sweater <laughs> vest. I was like, oh, I just want to apologize for my actions yeah. yesterday. I'm still kid rocking. I'm still rocking it. <laughs> I don't know what his lyrics are in that song, um, <laughs> but continuum. Um, so yeah, he does the ICP thing. And then he starts recording songs for Continuum. Continuum releases the song Back from the Dead as a single to promote the upcoming album and becomes a minor hit on Radio College. Yeah. College Radio, Jesus. And, um, yeah, so he's getting, like, this minor popularity in, like, the college circuit scene. Uh, 93, they release Polyfuse Method. and I looked for Polyfuse Method on eBay recently, and I saw them as high as $499. Now, that's an interesting thing, because Polyfuse Method was re-released after he became famous. Yeah, I, I got a rip. Make <laughs> ass copy of at it. The record show. At the record show. That's fucking sweet. Fun. And it's basically... The history of rock with a couple different songs. Mm. Are they, does he re-record anything for history of rock, or I is think it? I th when I listen to it, it sounds to me like history of rock. Every single song is re-recorded. Oh, all right, yeah, it, yeah, it, it seems it's the same thing, same lyrics, but it's just like professionally recorded. Yeah, all right, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, so he does this polyfuse method, <clears throat> and 
like like we were saying before, this is where he just kind of says, fuck it, I'm going to be me. Like, fuck the hip-hop thing. I like rock. And that's the thing, too. Like, you could say that he kind of sold out and did the country thing, but he always liked Bob Seger. He always yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, the country thing kind of came naturally, I feel like. I was saying in Woodstock 99, they just go into a fucking Fortunate Son at the end. They're doing some country song I don't even fucking know in it, and this is oh, 99. God, Kid Rock doing Fortunate Song? Yeah, so it's it makes sense, everything, when he does country. I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm not... Ew. That's like Kid Rock, it ain't me. Big vein popping out of his forehead. <laughs> it ain't me. I actually was a fortunate son. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's kind of ironic he's singing that. <laughs> yeah. I was but with a, I did have a silver spoon in hand. Yeah, fortunate. Oh, my God. He's just, I mean, yeah. It is me. It's so weird because it's like that's what he wanted to be, I guess, and that's what he became. Yeah, he, I, I, his whole thing was that he wanted to kind of show his father off. That's the way that I looked at it, and I kind of respect Oedipus him for it, you song. know? My Oedipus complex. I need somebody, won't you help me? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's not a bad song. That's not a bad song. Just, mm-hmm. I like, I don't know, I like every fucking song that he put out on that CD, and like Polyfuse Method, it was good. It's just, it's just like, it's a fucking underground shitty CD that somebody threw together and you can just tell it that he didn't have a lot of the good equipment he didn't have his you know he wasn't Kid Rock yet mm-hmm. like the Kid Rock he was just this dude that was throwing shit together that sounded good and it needed the right platform and it needed the right financial backing I guess and once he got all his shit together all his like ducks in a row or whatever he, he, he took off he because it, I, yeah. guess, I guess he had the talent and I, I say that as a huge fan mm-hmm. that's very skeptical of this fucking guy mm-hmm mm-hmm I'm, you know what, dude? I'm gonna have to go ahead and just agree with you 100 percent because I listened to the poly, the original on I think it was YouTube or maybe Probably. it was even Spotify or something. But um, I listened to it straight through. I actually really like this album, and I never thought I would say that I like Kid Rock. Yeah, like I grew up listening to cool music. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking so, hipster. So to go exactly. So to go back and listen to this and 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 be like, holy shit! I really like the production value. I like um, his drum programming on it. He's actually a pretty sick DJ, too. Yeah. I, I got to give him credit, man. That's also how he kind of got big was uh, DJing at the MTV fucking uh, Oh, yeah, we're going to come up on that, which there's a, I got some funny shit on that, too. Um, but um, <laughs> but what's it called? So Rock, with the Polyfuse Method, he wants to release Prodigal Son as a single, but Continuum decides to release You Don't Know Me, and the song is really poorly promoted, and they, they pay for this really cheap-ass video. I think it's like... Bunch of BMX. It looks like a second-rate Marky yeah, Mark I video. I saw and that, yeah. And there's like a girlies in it and shaking yeah. their stuff. Was I mean, it like a shitty version of the Ba with the Ba music video? Kind of. Instead of motocross of. guys, there's yeah. BMX guys because he guys couldn't st- afford it. <laughs> Low lighting. There's it's, guys doing like BMX tricks. He's dressed with the Dickies hat and the Dickies fucking everything. Joe C's not even around, so they just get a uh, Cabbage Pal kid and put it in the corner. <laughs> cabbage Patch. <laughs> Let's put a hat on him. Find the cheapest midget. Th- oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, God. Hit, hit the midget alarm. <laughs> Prodigal Son's one of my favorite songs. It's a fucking badass song. It's a really actually. good song. Yeah. And I think that he got pissed because when he re-released it on History of Rock, he cut out that um, the, the other. Which one was the song that they were? Oh, so yeah, the one that they wanted to put out was. Oh yeah, uh, you don't know me. You don't know you. You don't know me is not on History of Rock. Okay, gotcha. So gotcha, he gotcha. was probably like, "Fuck, fuck them. I'll mm-hmm. show them now." And I think 
I think Prodigal Son's the first track on History of Rock. Yeah, and I think American Badass. It's an intro and oh, then American I Badass. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is oh, American then Badass first. Yeah. And it's the one right after. It's right. it's right in the beginning though, yeah. Um so yeah, he does this this single You Don't Know Me, it gets it charts fucking horribly and uh it gets no promotion because Continuum is a shady fucking record company, apparently. It's shady. And then Continuum gives uh, Kid Rock money to produce his own video for Back from the Dead. I don't know. Did you guys watch that video? Yeah, I think it's just a cop chasing him. Yeah, so it starts with he tries to get a 40 that's the, I think that's the song that st- has this, um, the cure in it, the beginning. I think, I think you're right, yeah. I yeah. forgot which song and everything, but yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I meant to write the, the samples down. There's just so much on Kid yeah, Rock that I couldn't put it all. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so the video is him. He steals a 40-ounce from the liquor store because uh, he gets carded, and the guy's like, no, you're not old enough to buy this. Then a cheap-ass security mall cop chases him throughout a video. Yeah. And he ends up at a party, and he's just, like, slapping girls' asses and having a good time. Are they nice asses? Uh, they're pretty nice asses, yeah. Well, welcome to the Party, that was a video that was on Devil Without a Cause. It was released, like, first, I think, mm-hmm. um, single. And you could tell the girls change significantly the better he starts doing. Because in that first video, you're like, oh, boy. There was an interview that I watched where he was. And then by Cowboy, they're probably just like hot strippers. But that first one, they're. There was this interview. I think it was right after Woodstock 99. Some girl from K-Rock out by us in New York area. um, R.I.P. Was uh, interviewing Kid Rock. And Kid Rock's like, you could tell the progression of my, um, uh, my music career. Because I started out with girls that were maybe 145 pounds, 140 pounds, and they kept getting lower and lower <laughs> as I got more famous. <laughs> well, I love that this guy just doesn't give a fuck. Like, and girls love it. Thing. Yeah, I think there's more girl kid rock fans than there were men. Mm-hmm. Girls love being objectified by kid rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> it reminds them of their daddies. Uh, <laughs> girls don't like being object- objectified. They like being objectified by kid rock. Yeah. I love it. Fred Durst so does great. it? No fucking thanks. <laughs> Kid Rock does it? Well, now we'll talk. Yeah. Kid Rock, meanwhile, yeah, cut to Fred Durst. He's in the uh, grotto at the fucking Playboy Mansion. There is a line, though, in one of the Kid Rock songs about um, it's not the size of the wand, it's the magic in it. Yep. Basically yep. saying he's got a small dick, but he fucks well. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. It's What was the quote that I heard? It's I got like- a possum dick, and it looks like my face. <laughs> 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 I got a possum <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking good, dude. Um, so then, um, yeah, the album doesn't get really much promotion. It doesn't really sell well. But Rock then records Fire It Up EP, and this is more of like a metal-sounding record. Yeah, I think I'm the Bull God's on this. Yeah. Like an original version. Yeah, so this is the early version of I Am the Bull God. Fucking, dude, that song is amazing. Yeah, I, like I song. actually fucking like that song, that song a good. lot. That's... One of the examples of, okay, great song, but, like, I like it, but I can't see top, the top 40 crew like you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't, that, again, I take I Am the Bull God, like, Prodigal Son, a couple, um, a lot of his other rap songs as, as examples of, like, how the fuck did this guy sell 40 million <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Right? Just because I like it doesn't mean that everybody's going to like gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I like the song because it's so 90s sounding, and I could hear... Like, I could see, like, a a, mo- a movie in the 90s about, like, maybe robbing a bank or something. That song could <laughs> yeah. be playing, you know? Yeah. Just that guitar line. Everything sounds fucking cool in it. Um, and, yeah, this also, the, this Fire It Up EP, this, so we're talking about 93. This is his first delve into the country sound, too, because he covers a Hank Williams Jr. song. Um, I think the song is called A Country Boy Can Survive. 
and this is I, I think this is fucking so cool because he's a hip hop guy. He gets dropped from Jive Records, and he just tells everybody, "Fuck you! I'm going to go with what influences me." So yeah. it's like. I always looked at Kid Rock as this guy that was like, okay, you sold out because you went to this like pop country shit. First, yeah, first we're doing rap, and then you were doing new metal, right, and right. now you're doing. But he was just like country, oh, fuck just you. Like I'm whatever's do big. What makes me feel good, and that's why I do have respect for this guy because he, uh, dude, he's, he he cuts his own path in the fucking record industry, man. I really think it's cool. So after both releases fail on Continuum, this is Fire It Up and Polyfuse Method. Uh, Continuum just. Drops Kid Rock from the uh, from label. the label, yeah. And um, around this time too, I, I was reading that his father cut him off too. So his father is like the car dealership guy. Um, he's got a kid on the way too. I guess this is where um, his now. What's the story? Because there's the song "Black Chick, White Guy." That's right? what I go off of basically mm-hmm. <laughs> any of the history. So um, I think the first kid wasn't his. But he treated it like it was own. It was at the one born on the 4th of July, kind of like a shooting star. I think he sang in that song. Right, right, right. So I think that might have been the first kid. Um, and uh, you know, all his friends were like, Rock, that kid doesn't look like you. Because uh, his girlfriend was black, but the baby was just full black. Like, it wasn't half. Ooh, and they were kind of like, oh, Rock, I don't man. know. But he still raised it like his own. And then um, mm-hmm. I broke up with her, and I think he still had custody. Because they, uh, from what I was reading, is that they were. I, I and I guess it's also in the song lyrics too. Like they were together in high school. They had an abortion. Mm-hmm. Then she got pregnant because she was with some drug dealer guy or something, and he was beating her up and all this terrible that's, shit. Yeah, that's and then she convinced Kid Rock at one point to have another kid to have another kid and they couldn't even afford that one yeah and then that kid wasn't even his and it wasn't until the third kid that it was actually his kid that's the way that I, I read it and I'm like Again, Kid Rock's fucking, who knows? He's all over the place. Dude, when I was reading this, my heart fucking broke for the guy at this point. Like, I actually, I, I hate to admit this, but I actually almost got choked up for the guy because I'm like, God damn, dude, like, you fucking, like. <laughs> Mike's crying at Kid Rock. I, I just love it. I listen him to God so and God knows why and just having a good cry. <laughs> He's just a good dude. He's just a Mike's good dude. been sitting here. Try not to cry from rock. <laughs> yeah, pretty Drink much. Drink four of his beers. <laughs> Still. Selfish motherfucker. <laughs> um, after, um, yeah, so, yeah, so the girl, his girlfriend had, uh, gives birth to Bob Ritchie Jr., who just becomes Jr., and, uh, yeah, so then he goes back to Detroit. He's not on a record label at this point, and... He begins producing for, like, local Detroit artists. Uh, I think he produces two releases for this rock rock, bleh, rock rap band, Harm's Way. <coughs> anything? No? I um, I've, I read something about that, but I never heard anything about it. Yeah, no, I never heard anything either. And then he, he also did, like, a gospel yeah, yeah, album. Yeah. yeah, he produced some gospel album, too. So what he decides to do is he launches his own record label. Top Dog. Uh, Top Dog. And he starts putting out monthly mixtapes. He was talking about Top Dog, though, in early morning uh, grit sandwiches for breakfast, rather. Uh-huh. Um, he says, Top Dog is pimpin'. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about shit that's pimpin' and pimp of the nation. And so he's had this Top Dog in his mind for a while. The T-O-P to the D-O-G. And the P-O-T to the G-O-D. And I'm trippin'. 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 Huh, 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 huh. 
So, yeah, so with Top Dog, he puts out these uh, monthly mixtapes, and they're dubbed the Bootleg Series. So the tapes feature not only new songs by Kid Rock, but it also has local rap and alternative rock apps or apps, Jesus Christ, <laughs> alternative rock acts in, de- in the Detroit area. And the way that I read it is he would just sell the mixtapes out of his car. Is that right? Sounds about right. Yeah, out of his fucking trunk. It's fucking awesome, dude. 40 million records out of his fucking trunk. <laughs> 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 a big trunk. Yeah, he would. And, and, and so this kind of goes into the why I think Kid Rock's a genius, because he would go to high schools in the area, and he would just hand out samplers to high school kids. Mm-hmm. He would just do whatever it took. Um to be known in the era. I read this thing that he actually valued his market brand more than the actual money he was making. <laughs> more than the music he was making. And, which is weird because that's – isn't that kind of like the Amazon uh, yeah, basically. business model? You know, like we're not making money, but our brand is so big that the brand we're gonna itself make is money. worth something. Yeah. Because you know? his fucking dad owned a dealership. That's the that's the thing is like he knew that at the end of the day he was never gonna starve or fucking be cool. Yeah, on the I kind of felt that way too. Yeah, he had the freedom to. Yeah, dude, come on. Yeah, I I mean I I respect the guy because I love that he carved his own path and I love the entrepreneurial route that he took. Absolutely. But I I I, I couldn't agree with you more that without like for somebody like the four of us to go out there and just like do our own thing and just put ourselves out there. It would be hard to not have that backing behind you, Goff. Like, you know, at the end of the day, if Kid Rock didn't make it, I'm just going to go sell cars for my dad. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I can agree with that. But uh, so Rock's sister, Carol. Now, this is the non-rock star or C-level uh, <laughs> celebrity star. girl. Is a cocktail waitress at this venue called the Bears Den in Detroit. And she tells Rock... About a... Uh, uh, <laughs> that um, sounds unbearable. Unbearable. Uh, he, and his brother's barrelized. Oh, my God. Yeah. We are now, we're just... Oh <laughs> Pun Lord, city. Lord, Jesus, Christ almighty. Yeah, so his sister Carol tells him about this local... Uh, musical act that's performing at the Bears Den called the Howling Diablos. Did you guys see anything about them? Wasn't that the uh, White Stripes before they were? No, I don't believe so. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Are they in this story? Because they're from Detroit, too, right? Yeah, so the Howl- Howling Diablos, they're kind of <laughs> like clutch meets rap rock meets funky jazz blues. All right. And uh, the the big thing with this guy is he he performs with the fedora on his head with the guinea tea and the whole thing. So Rock kind of gets his All right. thing from this guy. Um, so what they would do is they would do a weekly showcase, and then at the end of their show, they does would that, do... Does that guy in Zug Island, did you hear anything? I don't know. If All right. Was. There's a band that ICP had, and it was like a rock band, Zug Island, and they sounded kind of clutchy at times. It could be. That yeah, I wonder be. if that's them. I, I have the guy's name somewhere. It's like Tito. Maybe you can look that up, Rich. Can you look up... Um, the Howling Diablos. Tino? Is it Tino? Tino, yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly yeah, okay, right. Yeah, yeah Tino. Oh, Tino. homeboy Tino. Oh, yeah. Take a good look. Boy, Take a good standard. Made in Detroit. But my name ain't Stanzer. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, and that's funny that you mentioned that Stanzer line because that becomes his clothing line. After oh, really? Too. Yeah, which is weird. Um, but, yeah, so this guy Tino influences him a lot. And um, 
what they would do is they would do this uh, weekly showcase, and then at the end of the show, they would do a jam session, and Kid Rock would jump on stage and jam. play every uh, instrument and not just, let anyone go to school the next day. Uh, just the lead singer's name. Tino Gross. Oh, okay, so gross. Tino Gross is like the biggest Ew. influence to this guy. Gross. Ew. Gross. So then, um, so Rock gets like really inspired by this because he gets to jam with them. He's freestyling with the band. And then Rock decides that it's a good idea to form his own band behind him, like have his own backing band. And this is the Twisted Brown Trucker Band. Mm. And. Uh, <laughs> Yum. So, yeah, so with the backing band that Rock is starting to put together now, he starts to get more shows, right? So he's going to rock, cl- rock clubs, and they kind of um, take him a little bit more serious, I think. You know, he's not some just uh, – he was kind of doing that ween thing where he was just bringing the drum machine up on yeah, yeah. with him, and he was DJing, and everything was pre-recorded, and he would just sing over it. Now he's got this band, the Twisted Trucker Band, and it's basically just – Comprised of like uh, local musicians, they're like in and out of the band at certain points. Um, I think there was a lot of complaints because Rock was getting paid for the shows, but the band wasn't. Oh God, <laughs> that's what I always wonder about Devil Without a Cause. How much money did they make on that? Because they're does he write all the music on that, or do they? Or I think it's like fifty. Jimmy Bones doing over there. Yeah, that's right, Jimmy Bones. This is before Jimmy Bones, oh, right. where we're at right now. But um, yeah, so is Stephanie Eulinger in the band yet? Not yet, not yet. Not Damn. Yet. This is uh, I think I forget the guy's name is Bob something. He's actually living with Rock at this time because his girl left him with you know the kid or <laughs> typical. <Yeah>, typical. <laughs> um, so then um, the thing with Rock too, he would start to stand out in rock clubs because uh, his crew would dress in all like hip hop gear, so it was like windbreakers. The Dickies hat, all that track shit. Track suits and shit. Track shoot, suits and shit. And, and the rock kids would be like, oh, who the fuck are these fucking assholes? But it kind of gave them that little extra, like, stand out from everybody else kind of thing, you know? Um, around this time, too, uh, he meets Joe C. And that's the little midget guy. Oh, hey. <laughs> What's his real name? What's the C stand for? Kalea um, or something like that. Rich, you're going to have to help That's me out my there. favorite. Kalea, yeah. I think it's Kalea. That's my favorite story. He, mm-hmm. was, he was like an adult, and he he, he actually died. He actually had and died from the celiacs, which is like gluten free. The people that say oh, really free because I have celiac I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought he just died from being a midget. <laughs> no, you don't oh die from that. <laughs> he had that that it's like it was like a real bad form of of being gluten free. I guess for his yeah, he had to take and shit, like sixty pills a day, bitch. He ain't yeah. bullshitting. He was on di- dialysis. dialysis. Yeah, he had to take but a bunch just, of shit. He was just a fan. He was a Kid Rock fan from back in the day, whatever, and he knew all the words, and he. Kid Rock was like, dude, this this kid was just singing all the lyrics. Yep. And then after the show, he asked me if I want to smoke a joint. I'm like, what are you, like, seven? And he's like, yo, I'm 21. Yeah, right. <laughs> I read this thing where uh, he initially thought, he's like, that's fucked up. Somebody brought their kid to my show. <laughs> I read this thing where he fucking bought him for 50 cents on a gumball machine. <laughs> like little homies? Uh-huh. Yeah, he got inside. Gotcha. He came on the side of little homies. Gotcha, gotcha. Gravy gotcha. cheese homies with the side of... He Josie, he, he 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 hired him as his, like his hype man or whatever. He was like, "I want this kid around," and he goes, uh, oh, "Do you want a job?" And Josie goes, "I can't do anything." Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I don't care. You're hired." Yeah, he yeah, and that's weird too because with Uncle Cracker, he's like, "I'm going to teach you how to DJ," and then with Josie, he's like, "I'm going to teach you everything I know." So you just be my hype. Man. I'm going to teach you how to not die from having a weird uh, and. Uh, 
Jeez. Glucose. Glucose allergies. <laughs> right. uh, so Rock buys Joe C. So he buys Joe C. And he starts putting together material for the next album, uh, Early Morning Stone Pimp. And now that brings us to 95. So he starts recording in this recording studio called The White Room. Wasn't he the janitor? Yeah. So he acted as the custodian to pay for recording time to get at The White Room. Um, but did he, he had his Black Seal license? <laughs> I think he did, actually. Oh, nice. And he would also – so basically <laughs> what he was doing to put together this album is he would program drum beats and uh, DJ loops for other bands. And they would come on his album and they would perform. So this is before he's got the band completely put together. Um, so this is the this is the album that he basically played everything and put together himself. And that right. his dad paid for. <laughs> yeah. Paid so for. the story. So his dad cut him off, but then he all right, I'll give you a couple more bones. So the way that I saw it is that his dad cut him off, and he's. I, I think it was in, maybe it was the complex interview. I forget who interviewed him. Maybe it was Vice, but uh, the way he puts it is that. He goes to his uncle to get 20 grand to put the album together. And his uncle's like, I'm not giving you a dollar unless you're talking to your dad. Yeah. <laughs> and his dad is like, I'm going to give you $4,500 and you're going to pay me back every fucking cent that I gave you. So, and, and that's where I kind of give Kid Rock cred because his, you know what? He had this rich dad and all this stuff, but his dad, it never seemed like his dad let him off the hook. Like his dad was like, look. He wasn't necessarily spoiled. Yeah, he yeah. had to work hard for everything that he fucking got. I actually saw an interview, too, where he was saying that I learned everything from my dad because my dad was working 24 hours a day. Uh, my dad. And, uh, sorry, that's an inside joke. But uh, he, uh, my dad was working 24 hours a day, but I didn't see myself in that future. Like, I, I can do the 24 hours a day. I can work constantly, but I want to be me. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of unique, and I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, so he gets a bunch of money to help uh, start this album. And then 96, through Top Dog Records, he inter uh, independently puts out Early Morning Storm Pimp himself. And this is where the album becomes like a local success. He sells uh, 6,000 copies and starts growing an audience in the Detroit area. So uh, Rock also buys a small house with the album sales and... Dude, this is fucking amazing. So he puts out this independent record himself. He sells 6,000 well, copies. Himself through his uncle and father. Through his uncle and his dad, whatever. He paid the money back. He paid the money back. But um, he starts. He buys a small house. He turns it into a recording studio. And then he gets interns to fly out from all over the country to come see Kid Rock and be part of his street team. Jesus Christ. I'm like, that is fucking amazing, dude. It was probably like three kids that were like their parents were rich and could buy them a fucking plane ticket. <laughs> all over the country. It was. I was selling that a little bit. <laughs> it it was the kids of the people who managed his father's other car dealerships in other states came over and. But I think it's cool because he's on his own. He's making his own money. He's getting people to just uh, put flyers together for himself, talk about the band, uh, hand out samplers to people. And then um, uh, I kind of lost my momentum there. Uh, you had none. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so now that he's got this, like, little street team together, he's starting to get a really, uh, you know, a local buzz about himself. And this is – with the with the backing band that he has, this is where he starts to move away from the hip hop thing. So he's mm -hmm. like kind of over the hip hop thing. 
And this is where he's getting more of like an integrated audience where it's like bikers, hip hop fans, everything. I think at this point he's like dressed as like a 70s pimp. He's got the fucking hat on with the fur coat. Yeah, he started doing that a lot. And I, I read somewhere that he was carrying a loaded gun with him on stage. Oh my God, a loaded gun. <laughs> yeah. It was registered to his daddy. Maybe. Could be. So then uh, 97, with a little bit of uh, local buzz that he's getting, he reissues Poly Method. Polyfuse. Polyfuse Method uh, Revisited, which features I Am the Bull God on that one. And this becomes a local hit as well. And this is also around the time he picks up music manager Steve Hutton and music attorney Tommy Valentino. And they join the, this Kid Rock team, and they help get Kid Rock this, like, national exposure. So Kid Rock's first break to national exposure is they get him a slot in Grand, Mo- Grand Royal Magazine, which is Kid Rock – or, I'm sorry, the Beastie Boys. Yeah, Grand Royal. Right? That's their label. Yeah, and it's because they get him in this magazine – that he gets to do this uh, showcase in Detroit. So he does it at the uh, – I have it here somewhere uh, – the State Theater in Michigan. And they get Jason Flom from Atlantic Records to come out and see the show. Apparently, they invited every le- record label to come and out. He's the only one. And only one guy came out. So it was a guy from Atlantic Records, this uh, Jason Flom guy. And after the performance, he signs Kid Rock right there. And he – I heard that, yeah, when he was putting this show together, like, he had, like, a, a guitarist or somebody two hours before the show started. He hired them. He wasn't really, like, they weren't really, like, organized, but he still killed it. I, what I was reading about what the uh, Atlantic Records guy said is that he had a very classic rock feel where... He does. That album know, does. He, it really does, actually. Um, it, it was, like, something where... You know, the girls were throwing their bras on stage, and it was something they hadn't seen since, like, the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so he's bringing back this arena. Because you got to think like this. Like, punk rock came through. Hip-hop came through. The, that arena rock thing kind of died away. And Kid Rock, by himself, kind of revived it. He had almost like an Alice Cooper thing where he was coming out of a coffin. He had Joe C., little midget guy, <laughs> fucking rapping on stage. With Kid Rock him. came out of a coffin? Yeah. Yeah, he would come out of a coffin, <laughs> dresses this, like, pimp. God. That's why years later the Undertaker took his yeah, song. Makes sense because it's like well, he came out of a coffin too. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, Paul Bearer was the first to hear that. And, uh, <laughs> Signed him there on the spot. <laughs> yeah, he had a uh, Undertaker. I heard had like this giant like thing for all like the. Uh, wrestling promoters to come around, and the only person to c- show up was Paul Bearer, and he signed him right there in the spot. <laughs> Jim Cornette didn't show up. Nope. <laughs> Paul Heyman didn't show up. God, mean Gene brother, Ogerlin. Brother Love didn't show up. <laughs> Paul Bearer showed Paul up. Bearer. Undertaker! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, now uh, Rock has <laughs> to record... Uh, his his best, I, I would say his best album. This is like Absolutely. the uh, uh, accumulation of everything he's done up to this point. Devil Without a Cause. Devil. So then 1998, Rock kind of, he's going around, he 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 forms the band uh, fully now where he's got, uh, I'm sorry, what's the? Stephanie Ullinger. Stephanie Ullinger. He's got Jimmy, Jimmy Bones. Bones. Uh, the other guy. Cracker, <laughs> uh, Joe C. He's got all. The guitarist. Guys. A bassist, I'm guessing? Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Probably. Maybe. <A> <laughs> And now he turns to the band and he's like, hey, guys, I'm going to uh, embrace this white trash thing. And they're like, you weren't already? (laughs) What were you doing then? So 
he kind of yeah, and this is kind of cool because he went from like Mister High Top. Uh, well, he didn't have a high top for a while at this point. Yeah, no, he's rocking his long hair. But but just to see that lineage from 1990 have the high top fade be this like, nah, I don't I don't want to say Vanilla Ice wannabe because he was kind of prior to that, but. To be this like white guy rapper, and now he's gonna embrace this like coming straight out the trailer, yeah. like bullshit, right? Um, and the band is kind of all like, oh, okay, so we're gonna be a white trash <laughs> band now. They all look like they were like, uh, weren't we that already too? Like they don't look <laughs> like they were never brown not trucker band. <laughs> a bunch of motherfuckers who hate each other just as much as one another. But um, so now he's got this new persona, but he starts to develop writer's block. With all the pressure that's being put on him from the major label now, and so you had to start coming up with fake words like "ba wa da ba." Right. So now, <laughs> right, <laughs> like that's a real fact. Yeah. <laughs> start making up words. So uh, he ends up re-recording the tracks "I Am the Bull God" for the fifth and fucking I, time. I think this is the third time. There's two versions on the album. It's uh, the hidden track is another version of "I Am the Bull God," so it's on it twice. I I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So there's four versions at least now. And and this is the first time that I am the bulldog becomes a. Uh, yeah. A, a, I first heard him on the uh, Road Rash soundtrack. It was uh, somebody's got to so feel weird. this. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that Road Rash 3D fucking yep. game was amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and then he also re-records Roving Gangster, and Where You At Rock and Black Chick White Guy. So Atlantic also wants him to remove a few tracks from the album. I wonder well. which ones. Was so, it Fuck Off and Black Chick White Guy? No, so wow. Atlantic... Yeah, that's cut off on the uh, edited album I have, those two songs. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they're just completely not on it. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so they want Kid Rock to drop the song Cowboy. Oh, God. Bad move. And only God knows why. Oh, my God. And the reason they want him to drop country. this is because it's country. Wow. Exactly. And what's funny is the Kid Rock... songs on that. Kid Rock is kind of like, no, you're a fucking idiot. I'm going to break through. And then the last track they wanted to take off is Devil Without a Cause. They didn't want him to say I'm going platinum. Is that that? That's exactly right. Yeah. They're like, well, you're not probably not going to go platinum. And you they kind of looked like at Kid idiot. Rock and they were like this. They're like, you haven't sold shit yet, dude. <laughs> yeah. Are you out of your fucking mind? And, and that chorus is amazing. It actually gets like if I were still in sales, I would be like, oh, man, this is my sales song that we're going to. I'm going platinum. I'm going platinum. So <laughs> and they wanted him to cut that out when he, he they didn't want him to say I'm going platinum. Yeah, because uh, they say that basically you haven't sold shit yet. It's going to alienate your audience. But what's funny is the album goes twelve times platinum. I heard eventually. fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, that could be right. Fourteen yeah. point something. I went platinum seven times. Yeah, uh, which is fucking crazy. And then um, yeah, ninety nine. Uh, Bull God gets the attention of Carson Daly, who gets uh, Rock his first national exposure, really, uh, and gets him to perform on MTV's Fashionably Live. Fashionably and, Loud. Oh, yes, Fashionably Loud. And uh, MTV's I Want to Be a VJ. <laughs> Was that like on that spring break shit or not? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a spring break thing. Right. I, and so I saw the I Want to Be a VJ, so then I got sidetracked with this episode because I got obsessed with Jesse Camp oh, for a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, we got Kid Rock Rapster. Yeah, didn't your mom meet Jesse Camp? Yeah, we were going to meet Corn once, and uh, Jesse Camp was there. Just standing next to my mom, which is weird because my mom doesn't usually go hey guys, to rock shows or anything. It's the only time. It's funny because I hadn't thought about Jesse Camp in like 25 years. He kind of has the same story as Kid Rock. They were 
Is that uh, right? Their dads. I think. I think uh, his dad also was a fucking uh, car, dealer. car dealer, and like, yeah, he was well off and acted like he was all poor, and that's why everyone hired him because oh. they thought he was poor. But it turns out he had money. Now, just to touch on Jessica for a second, that's an act, right? Is he really that? Kind of, but not really, I feel. Yeah. Maybe it was an act that's now truth. Yes. Scary. Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Plus, he touched a lot of boys. Ooh. No, I made that up. Ooh. Ugh, Ken Kenef. <laughs> uh, so, then, Ba with the Ba... You couldn't sound any word. Ba with the ba. Ba with the ba becomes a hit, and um, I guess it gets featured in the movie Gladiator. It's on an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> and then in ECW, there's this uh, wrestling character, Kid Cash. No, oh, yeah, he was like who a used fake to walk Kid Rock. out to. Yeah, he looked exactly like Kid Rock, but he would walk out to Ba with the ba as well. Um, and because of this uh, fame, he gets a slot on Woodstock 99. Mm-hmm. So you guys watched the Woodstock 99? Yeah. Okay. Do you have, like, any insight into that? Um, no, it was all right. It was, uh, he didn't have many songs at that point. Like, he was playing basically Devil Without a Cause and some, a lot of, like, covers. Like, mm-hmm. they go into ACDC at one point, and like I said, they do Fortunate Son. Was that the Jimmy... Was that the Jimi Hendrix Woodstock? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. That was the one with Jimi Hendrix, Kid Rock. <laughs> Janis Joplin, yeah, they all they had like a... I think Elvis. EMF was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Primus came out, and people were throwing mud. Frank Sinatra yeah, was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, Frank Sinatra. That was a good Woodstock. Oh, dude, it was the best. I was there, front row. No one was there. I was like the only person. Like, no one knew the bands. I was the first to, like, introduce that music. People weren't even around. It was cool. Was Limp Bizkit at 99? Yeah. Yeah, they were, yeah. That, got, I think that's, on Olympus that's the big rape. We were talking about how they started a riot yeah, at that yeah, one, yeah. I think. Yeah, it was the whole rape was it, thing. Was it one stage them. or were there multiple There was stages? a bunch of stages, I believe. Really? What what I, I, uh, I just remember the fucking... It was just... Who the fuck is buying all his goddamn albums? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. He's, he's good, but it's just like... You, it's not that good. You see it, and it's just like some dude just shows up. Like, and then this guy we found in the back <laughs> to, to waste yeah. some of your time before the better guys come out. Yeah, he went on during the day, so he didn't yeah, even have a great slot. What is happening? I saw this great interview with him right after... I think I mentioned this earlier, but... Off stage of Woodstock 99, and he's like... I don't mean to sound cocky, but I know I'm a musical genius, and I know that I deserve everything that's coming to me now. Well, was, next album, was next original album is cocky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 2000, um, he releases History of Rock, which uh, James was mentioning earlier. Best CD ever. And um, it's more or less like a compilation album, like you were saying. Like It's just like his earlier shit. He's made enough money now that he could buy all the independent label songs, mm. re-record them, make them better. Um it does feature two new songs, American Badass, which The Undertaker originally rolls out to. <laughs> ah, I am. Uh, and also a song Jump called... around on stage like a bunch of wounded ducks. <laughs> <laughs> and it also features a song, Fuck That, which uh, was in Any Given Sunday, I think. And the album ends up going double platinum. Um so now he starts blowing up. He appears on an episode of The Simpsons with Josie. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. They killed the alligator. Yes, I think it's called something Spring wrestling. Break or something. Yeah. Um, and then Kid Rock goes on Summer Sanitarium Tour with Metallica. Was that like yeah, Metallica, Power Man? I think. I, uh, I, you know, I meant to write it all down, but uh, the one thing that I wrote down here is that he's on tour with Metallica. 
James Hetfield apparently injures himself in a jet ski accident. Typical. And Kid, Kid Rock fills in. Kid right. Rock fill, fills in for him. Yeah, he does Enter the Sandman, Nothing Else Matters, and Sad But True. Mm. I'm like, that... I mean, Sad But True makes sense. That's the American yeah. Badass uh, sample. Or if he accidentally kept going into his own rhymes over that. Oh, fuck, no. I mean, I'm trying to do the real one now. <laughs> I, I saw somewhere that they played on that song with him somewhere. Hmm. Like, the day, like, he brought them on... I think that might have been some shit. Yeah, that that sounds like it was like an MTV cool promoted something. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. cool as fuck. That is really cool. I, I think that unlike unlike Fred Durst, Kid Rock rubs people the right way. Like I feel mm-hmm. like when he talks to people, because like you see yep. him with all his idols, Hank Williams Jr. They're fucking people backstage with him, bullshit, and like, and I think people just fucking talk to this guy and they like him, you, and that that is why he's so successful is because he's a good dude and that he's like probably real. He seems like the kind of guy that if you approach him in a bar, you could be like, "Dude, can I buy you a beer?" And he'd be like, "Fuck yeah, buy me a beer." Like, yeah, he seems. He's cool. his brother. Um, saw him um over somewhere by like Stone Pony a couple of years ago. Somewhere, um, he was just inside having a beer mm. at one someplace down in a on a boardwalk somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he was just drinking there, and they walked over and introduced him. Like, hey, yeah, and just he was just drinking at a bar. And this was a couple of years ago. That's fucking awesome. Uh, that and that that's like the thing I saw him. In some kind of fucking uh, documentary thing that they were following him, he's at some local bar in Michigan. He's drinking with everybody. Everybody's like palling it up with him, and he's just like, "All right." He gets to a certain point of fucked up where he's like, "All right, everybody, back to my house, big party!" <laughs> <laughs> like I'm fucking like that's amazing, dude. He throws a big bonfire on. And a unlike party. Tommy Lee's parties, no kids drown in the pool. Too much. Too much. So. Um, and then, you know, things kind of get sad here because Joe C. dies now. And, uh, yeah, he dies in his sleep from his midget disease. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's terrible. <laughs> but not before he is featured with Kid Rock in the movie Osmosis Jones. Ooh, you guys remember that? i never seen that. I remember the movie, but I don't remember that. I think it was... Chris Rock played the main oh, character. Yeah. And Bill Murray in that yep, shit? Yep, Bill Murray is the live-action okay, okay. guy. Right. He's getting... Uh, he's, like, in a doctor's office or something. Right. And then Kid Rock, I believe, plays Kidney Rock in the movie. And, uh, yeah, he's part of Bill And Murray. Joe C. plays a fucking midget. <laughs> no. <laughs> he plays the midget <laughs> disease that's trying to take over Bill Murray's body. <laughs> Not funny. Anyway, so... Josie's like, yeah, Josie's like the original Andy Milanakis. Yeah, but shittier. I mean, that's and cuter. Unfortunately, he just can't rap as well as Andy Milanakis. I love this song opinion. on the South Park uh, movie soundtrack. Kyle's mom's a big fat bitch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Josie featuring Kid Rock. Mm, shit, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. That's a great fucking uh, soundtrack, by the way. I love yeah, that soundtrack. Uh, so then in 2001, uh, Kid Rock goes on the American Badass Tour with David Allen Coe. No Show Jones? I don't know who No Show <laughs> I can't say I know who that is. But uh, David Allen Coe. So there's a controversy because a lot of people feel that David Allen Coe's uh, lyrics are racist. So then Kid Rock. Now, is he. Is... David Allen Coe, how is he racist? Because isn't he Korean with the last name Coe? Is that how this works? <laughs> Spelt K O? <laughs> what the fuck? Are you t- he 
Yeah, he's Korean. Yeah. All right. He goes on tour with this Korean uh, country racist music rock star. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Uh, also, 2001, he inducts Aerosmith into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, I think he does um, walk this way with them. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah right. he's always doing that. Yeah. And like, if Run DMC did something like he did that song, and they're throwing yeah. the mics back and forth, and he almost dropped it. Yeah, he. he I think he considers that like the the pinnacle of his career. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> he was on an episode of like Run's House, where he's like hanging out with Diggy or something. Whose house? Those kids, Rev Run's house. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Is that a setup for a joke for me? <laughs> Whose house? Run's house. Say what? Um. He also lands his first live-action acting role in the movie. Biker Dirt. Boys. Uh, no, Jer- Joe Dirt. Oh, that's first? And that's where he's just like, Dirty Joe Dirt can't read. <laughs> <laughs> he plays, he's perfect in that role. Oh, dude, I fucking love him in that movie, yeah. Watch Joe Dirt, too, where they, uh, he's not in it, but they get a Mark McGrath, a very plastic-faced Mark McGrath. Oh, to that's be amazing. The antagonist oh, in Joe Dirt, too, is, yeah. Is, uh, what, is Joe Dirt in it? What's his fucking name? David Spade. Yep. Spade, yeah. He's in it? Yep. Oh, shit. And, That's uh, really fucking cool. It was cool, a Crackle actually. release. It was straight oh, to Crackle. I, you know what? I think I tried to watch that Joe Dirt 2 for like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, Yeah, and, no, and Mark McGrath's playing a very plastic faced antagonist. <laughs> Looks like a melted Ken doll. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Who said sugar gay? <laughs> I'll kill him. <laughs> That's going to be another episode we are definitely going to try. We, I was oh, trying to God. do research for a Sugar Ray episode, and every time put Sugar Ray documentary in, they're like, oh, you mean Sugar Ray Leonard? Yeah, yeah here's yeah. all these. I'm like, no, no, Sugar Ray Band. And they're like, oh, you mean Sugar Ray Leonard? Let, uh, here you go. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, Mark McGrath, Sugar Ray Band. They're like, nah, Sugar yeah. Ray Leonard? Yeah, yeah. And Mark Curry? And you're like, yeah, sure, <laughs> let's go with that. <laughs> like, trust me. Mark Curry. Trust me, you don't want to learn about Sugar Ray the Band. You want to learn about the box. I want to learn about the Shrinky Dinks. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so also around this time, he starts dating Pam Anderson, and then he releases the album Cocky. Mm. Uh, are you guys familiar with the album? God, I'm so I, familiar with that. I did not. I never had that. That's when I stopped buying the rock. I actually know that album a little bit, to be honest with you. I used yeah. to listen to, like, I listened to that, you know, beginning to end multiple times, and I thought at the time that it was pretty good, but I feel like I was just had, wrote, like, blinders on because yeah, it was right, Kid right, Rock, right. and I was Cause, like, yeah. Because this is, like, his technical follow-up to oh, Devil Without a Cause. shit. Yeah. I remember that was when the uh, Napster or whatever the hell streaming mm-hmm. service you'd steal shit from back in the day, and what I would do is, um, this song Forever came out, and so I downloaded, um, Jesse, Uncle Jesse, and the, uh, what is it? Um, I forget now. Jesse uh, and the Rippers version. Jesse and the Rippers, yeah. Of Forever. They have a song called Forever, oh. and I just labeled it Kid Rock Forever, and I'd see people downloading it and just laugh. Like, you're going to get Jesse and the Rippers, you idiots, because it was called Forever as well. And it was better. And they probably, yeah, yeah probably. became like, oh, fuck, this Kid Rock song's pretty good. So I think I started Kid Rock being big in the country scene because I did that. So yeah. you're welcome, fans. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah. Man. I appreciate so, that. I'm a big homies. Cheryl Crow and Jesse Katsopoulos yep. made Kid Rock who he is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you know Jesse's last name. Oh, Jesse. Well, unless you're going with the first season, then yeah. it's Cochran. Cochran? I think mm-hmm. that's who Jesse and the Rippers was, mm. Jesse Cochran. Oh, that was his stage name. I think so. Uh, that makes me, he's ashamed of his Greek roots. Mm-hmm. Who isn't? <laughs> okay, get that. Uh... So then the this album, I guess it's more of, uh, this is like his first transition into straight 
country, straight southern rock. He does a little bit, not straight yet. He's still doing yeah. rapping and stuff. He's got a little bit. He's got that song "Cocky," where it's just like, "You say I'm cocky, I say so what? It ain't cocky, motherfucker. If you back it up." Oh, I didn't know that one. No, no, I, yeah. I don't know. That one. I remember one Thank time you. Triple H yeah. came out. He's like, "Like the song oh, says, yeah. it ain't bragging if you back it up." <laughs> yup, <laughs> yup. He just referenced a shitty Kid Rock song. Wow, Kid Rock goes perfectly with wrestling. Oh, it's so perfect. <laughs> like. Ham again, and cheese. Again, an absolute fucking genius, dude. I mean, like, if he knows he, his it, crowd. Oh, I fucking love it, dude. White trash. He, he the last song on that scene. Is that the one with Snoop Dogg? I remember you yeah, playing yeah, one with Snoop Dogg. And it's just a big bleep. World class sex rhymes. And it's the stupidest <laughs> punk of shit you'll ever listen to. It's yeah. just them, like, doing sex rap. It's, You're right. Awful. Looking and for I, love, fuck rub. It's too racist. Busting my nut in too many bitches' faces. How did he sell records? I don't yeah. get it. I mean, like you have a, okay. All right, it's a song with Snoop Dogg mm -hmm. where they just say the most vulgar things yep. that rhyme, and then four tracks earlier is "Picture" with Cheryl Crow. <laughs> what is happening, man? So, <laughs> yeah. He's got the feelers out. Yeah, Whose just... grandma bought them that CD <laughs> for oh, Christmas? Yeah, right. And then when WCSR was on it, fucking had a fucking panic attack. He's like, what is this? Now, when I listen to this, this <laughs> reminds me of like DMX's second album, where the first one's so raw, so awesome, and then you listen to that second DMX album where you're just like, uh, I'm going to lose my mind up in here. So it's kind of got that like too much like polished yeah, thing, yeah. you know? Um, and so the first single off this album is You Never Met a Motherfucker Like Me. Quite like me. Quite like me. And what's great about this, the song features uh, the Freebird guitar solo. Because mm -hmm. at one point he's just like, I never heard guitar till I heard a song like this. And then it's a Freebird <laughs> guitar solo. And then he goes, uh, he rhymes the word yay, which is slang for cocaine with USA. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes into the general E. Lee car noise. I just remember in the video, he's wiping his ass with uh, Radiohead toilet paper. Oh, that's amazing. So that's all yeah, I remember. Radiohead. I, I used to love fucking Radiohead. So deserve of so And now you love Kid Rock. Was it Radiohead or was it Napster toilet paper? I kind of oh, remember being Napster, what if it is Napster? Because they have the same I, kind of face. Yeah, maybe it is Napster, kind of and I thought like it was headphones. On yeah, them. maybe yeah, it was. I think it was the Napster logo actually. That All right. His, uh, ass with. But this but, was years later after Napster. Yeah, uh, it, the song, uh, like James said, also features the song uh, "Picture" with Cheryl Crow. Uh, the label originally didn't want Rock to release that song because they said it would ruin his career. And it becomes a number one Again. single. Yeah, didn't they get someone else because Cheryl Crow didn't want to do it and they it's got... So, yeah, there's this weird thing where... Okay, so I'm going to get into that, but... <laughs> so the label tells him that, uh, yeah, this is going to ruin your career. And I saw this interview with Kid Rock and I was like, you are... You're the fucking man, dude. I love you. Uh... He was like, yeah, so what I did was I laminated the lyrics and I brought it to them and started rubbing it in their faces. And I'm like, this is a uh, number one fucking song. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, this is going to be the – I'm going to frame this in my fucking house, dude. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Cheryl Crow uh, label butted heads with Atlantic, and they were kind of saying, like – We heard world-class sex rhymes, and we don't think this song will fit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So, so this <laughs> – so the song is originally <laughs> tested out with Allison Moore, and this is for the Farm Aid 
and it becomes a number one fucking hit mm-hmm. with this girl. And then Cheryl Crow's people is like, oh, could you put Cheryl Crow back <laughs> on that song, please? So they recorded it with someone else? Yeah, originally. Yeah, originally, yeah, Holy yeah, yeah. Shit. It's, well, originally it was with Cheryl Crow, then they shelved it, and then they brought this other Allison Moore. To make it a single. To make it a single because Cheryl Crow's people were like, ah, Kid oh. Rock is white trash guy you, you heard don't that world class sex rhymes track and we don't want Cheryl Crow to be associated <laughs> yeah, with it we also heard yodeling in the valley coax the booty no, pimp of the nation no, yeah. they never heard that <laughs> good point I'm sure Cheryl Crow's people turned <laughs> no on no one fucking heard that I'm sure Cheryl Crow's people turned on the television and were like okay well every video is a trailer park <laughs> and I don't think we want this in our fucking yeah um, but yeah, so, so she gets on the thing um, eventually. And listen, I'm going to say this about the album Cocky. I, again, I'm not a huge Kid Rock fan, but... It, Sounds like you are. But now, I, I remember uh, I was in um, the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Typical. I, I wish I had this album with him when I was in <laughs> North Carolina because it would have been great with barbecuing, fishing. It, dude, it's... Slapping it's your wife. Good old fucking time. Yeah, when I was beating my <laughs> wife up. Yeah, it was great. It would have been a great Make soundtrack. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that the fucking blow I left for you? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's me and my wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, Rock... Well, if you listen to that in the Carolinas, it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So the, so the track, like the single, the first single was Forever? Mm-hmm. Forever. Um, yeah. Like that yeah. Was his yeah, that was the one that came single. out. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and that, yeah. do you guys remember Farm Aid, really? That was I remember there was, was in the 80, like 85 and shit or something. There was that Farm was Aid. Live Aid. That was Live Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Farm remember. Aid was when... I think there might have been a Farm Aid back then, too. There could have Originally. been, actually. You know what? Maybe that when it started. Familiar. Yeah, that does sound familiar. A Farm Aid was something was happening with, like, crops down in good old southern America somewhere. <laughs> Kid Rock is going to save that. He probably area. did. He save probably did, corn. actually, yeah. But, um... Limp corn and stones. So, um, he also performs with Hank Williams Jr. in 2001 on Crossroads, which is a country... That Britney Spears movie. Yeah, where she loses her virginity. Hell yeah. Uh... Well, no, actually, Crossroads is a show on country music television. That's a great movie, but. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And this is great because Hank, he performs with Hank Williams Jr. And he's still kind of hip hop out, hip hip hopped out. And Hank Williams Jr. and him do the song uh, Family Tradition. Do you guys know that song? No. So the chorus goes like this. It goes, Hank, why do you drink booze? And then Kid Rock would jump in and go, to get drunk. Why do you roll smoke to get stoned? <laughs> and the crowd is just loving every moment of Kid Rock. And I'm like, he's really solidifying himself with the country music that's going on at this time. And <laughs> again, dude, he's a fucking genius, man. He knew yeah. exactly. And he's, he's like one of the guys that turned country. I hate country music. Mm-hmm. And I used to love Kid, Kid Rock. But when he changed into it, I was kind of like, yeah, that's that makes sense. That, makes that you need sense, to. Yeah. You're not going to make another fucking uh, devil without a cause, so go ahead and do what you're going to do. No, and I have no hate for it. Fuck that. It's because Joe C. died, and he lost his shit, and he fucking went off the deep end. And was like, you know what? You could actually make an argument music. about that's a really good argument because once Joe C. dies, he does make that transition, dude, like for real. And, um, and you know what's crazy? At this time, Kid Rock is inventing a type of music because if you listen to country music today, it's kind of got that hip-hop R&B 
flavor to it underneath it, like drum samples. I wouldn't know. I yeah, I'm and a, I'll never know. And don't you ever Sam tell Hunt people I'll know. Because Kid Rock there you go. the way for him. Exactly, that uh, makes sense. Ex- dude, exactly, fucking right. Like uh, Toby Keith, that whole like uh, pop country kind of thing. Kid Rock kind of invented that sound for everybody. Um, so I thought this was cool. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then he releases the song uh, "Lonely Road of Faith." Which, in my Typical. own opinion, really invents this modern country sound that we're talking about. Was um, that on a, s- a single, a CD? What was that? That, that was, Kid Rock? That was on Cocky? Yeah, that was on Cocky. Cocky's a weird album because it has I this like country kind of feel. Because around this time, because uh, 2003, I think, the self-titled came out. Right. So is it off that one? No, no, no. This no. is all this still is cocky. cocky. This is Cocky. Yeah, yeah, God yeah. Damn. So he does a Sheryl Crow song. He does... Um, yeah, this song, he, d- he does that thing with Hank Williams Jr. Sex Rhymes. Uh, Lonely Road of Faith. You know what, dude? I, here's the thing. I've got a little bit of a pop sensibility, too. I fucking like the song. I think it's a good song. If I was at a barbecue, I would fucking... <laughs> you need to stop going to barbecues and listen to bad music, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, um, <laughs> so well, take the goddamn CD out in the summer and then put it the fuck away for the winter. <laughs> and then I go back to my cool Velvet Underground music. <laughs> so... Uh, that song is also featured. Lonely Road of Faith is featured in WWE oh, history videos, and it's also featured on an episode of Smallville as well. Um, yeah. So then uh, he goes on the Cocky tour, um, and then right after the Cocky tour, he goes on a tour with Aerosmith and Run DMC, and Cocky goes on to sell uh, 5.4 million records. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Absolute genius. So 2002, he records uh, a cover of ZZ Top's Legs for Stacey Keebler on the WWE soundtrack. Yeah, I remember that shit. That was funny, man. Um, He must, like, have a thing with the WWE. Like, he keeps showing up, popping up left and right. They must know him. Like, he must fucking... But he's not, like, an outspoken wrestling fan, as far as I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. But wrestling probably just loves him. Well, it just makes sense. I mean, like, because you get the ECW and you have, like, that kid Cash or whatever that fucking dude's right, name right, is. Right. So, dude, he just fits perfectly into that whole scenario. All right. So, also in 2002, uh, Kid Rock appears on an episode of King of the Hill. I don't know <laughs> if you guys ever saw that episode. Does he play himself? I'm not sure, actually. I didn't get a time, uh, chance to look into it. But uh, he also gets engaged to Pamela Anderson at this point. Ooh. And then he goes on to do his second movie, Biker Boys, <laughs> which was the first time I got an H.J. in a movie theater. Oh, really? yes. Wow. Yes. Hell yeah. So I uh, I saw Biker Boys, but I it really The really did. was to really you saw that in the theater. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so Richie says, yeah, so he plays himself in. So um, let's get back to this Biker Boys thing. Um, so y- you were. You paid you were getting money. hard. I paid Ticket money for uh, Kid in. Rock, and uh, yeah, I paid money to go see this movie. I was I forget the I, well, I, I forgot the guy's God, name. I forget the girl's name I was with, but yeah, this was my first uh, movie theater HJ, m- movie theater movie theater HJ uh, to Kid Rock. Uh, amazing. Right? Did you did you finish two? I don't know if I finished that. Anyway. Final drag <laughs> I'm thinking scene about between it. him and Morpheus <laughs> when like he was trying to do the thing, but Morpheus had the tunnel vision. I, I saw like, that fucking yeah. movie. I was like, uh, Larry Fishburne. Uh. <laughs> I busted right in the girl's mouth at that point. Did anyway, his daughter uh, do porn? <laughs> yeah, she did one. They tried to buy it back. But Oof. 
Wait, who's this? Larry Fishburne's daughter. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I didn't know about that. That's uh, that's some spicy news. <laughs> so, yeah, so then he does Biker Boys. I don't really recall him in this movie, but then Uncle Cracker leaves the band, and now he's pursuing his own solo career. Uh, 2003. The Uncle Cracker was fucking terrible, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, follow me. Yeah, we forgot to talk about how Kid Rock was the first to use auto-tune. Yeah, uh, that was the God Only Knows Why, right? And Only God Knows Why and the Cowboy in Cowboy. Cowboy. (laughs) Yeah, it said it was technically released before, uh, if you believe in love That's why Cher, so technically that was the first auto-tune songs. Yeah, and yeah, the the God Only Knows Why would be a good song if it weren't for the auto-tune. Yeah, the auto-tune You know what I mean? The auto-tune fucking ruins that song for me, at least. Yeah, it's just not it's too toony but yeah i like the chorus in that song i think uh the song structure is really good i like the slide guitar in that song oh, yeah i think it's pretty good man yeah, um, looking back on it I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that was one of my top fucking one or two kid rock songs dude, i really liked it a lot dude i, I, I liked it too when it first came yeah, out you know what it's For it's sure. really not that bad of a song man i totally and and like there you go like that there you go. We're all faggots, folks. <laughs> I really liked the music video. I was like, wow, yeah. he looks like a cool guy. Yeah, right. I felt bad for him when he said, it's hard to hang out in crowds. I was like, oh, this poor fucking guy. But, uh, I, dude, I mean, you know what? Kid Rock, I got to give it to the man. He can write a good song, man. He know, he He's tuned into that WWE <laughs> songwriting. <laughs> white trash. Trailer park thing, yeah. and you know we we, we kind of gloss over too, like some of his music videos, like they're all like him in the trailer park and shit like that, right? Like I'm like, fucking genius, dude! Like the time era. I mean, that yes, he did his this. dad owns that trailer was, park, but what were his, Ba with the Ba had a music video, Only Cowboy. God knows why? Mm-hmm. Cowboy. I'm the Bull God was like a live video. Now, Welcome you know, to the party was him at his grandma's house throwing a big old but party. Like, were these like real music videos? Yeah, that you could yeah. See yeah. That you yeah, 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 yeah. On MTV. Um, I doubt welcome to the party was but i know i am the bull god was i know really? all the other ones were in. i feel like uh i i i love the shit out of the cowboy video because it was w- that was the Smokey and the bandit video yeah kinda? yeah i fucking love that video dude it's him in that fucking uh trans am fucking peeling out all over the place and then the trailer <laughs> tractor trailer fucking truck is following him <laughs> so good dude <laughs> so such good. a but uh, yeah, so then Uncle Cracker goes and releases his own solo album. I I saw this thing. Um, it was like some kind of like uh, Pit My Ride kind of thing, but it was about Kid Rock's uh, tour bus. Typical. And he showed where uh, he recorded recorded most of um, Uncle Cracker's album. And I was like, that's fucking cool, dude. He does mm. it on the tour bus, you know. Just remember, pinch it at the top. In the beginning of the album, it's Kid Rock, the mm. intro track of Uncle Cracker's album, and it's. Uh, Kid Rock teaching Uncle Cracker how to put a condom on. Oh, jeez! He's like, Christ. pinch the top and roll it down. Oh, oh, I taught my uncle how to use a condom. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, you're going to fucking need to learn if you're going to keep fucking my ass. <laughs> you got to pinch it and roll it down. <laughs> so then... Uh... 2003, uh, Kid Rock releases the album Kid Rock, and uh, it features the song uh, Feel Like Making Love, which is a cover of what? Is that Bad Company? 
feel like making love? No, that's um Richie, can you fo- um Is that Dan Fogarty? I don't know. Feel like making Yeah. Fogarty? Is that Fogarty? No, I don't think that's Fogarty. Yeah, bad, bad company. company. Bad right. company. Cut all that out. <laughs> yeah, I'll cut that part out. <laughs> um, so uh, he does that song, and then he does the song Jackson, Mississippi. Does anybody remember Jackson, Mississippi? No. Jackson, Mississippi. That is, you know what? I got to say, Jackson, I got to say, if I was at a barbecue and they played that, I wouldn't <laughs> tell them to turn it off. Referencing barbecue. <laughs> barbecue yeah. music. It's kind of like uh, our Sublime episode where we talk about how Sublime has a very big uh, barbecue crowd. I feel like Kid Rock could have tapped into that. Yeah. Um, So he does that Jackson, Mississippi song, and he also starts his own clothing clothing company, uh, Stansler. Anybody? No. Uh, Made in Detroit, but my name ain't Stanzer. Is one of the lines. Yeah. So yeah, Stanzer. Stanzer. Stanzler. Uh, Maybe. And then I also saw that in 2003 he appears on the first episode of Punked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't remember I, that I, I try to find the episode, and here's what's weird: like you can't find, you can't just Google and YouTube Kid Rock videos from back. Of the, like it's very hard to find a shit. Like he know, uh, like I feel that um, he's very on top of his music and where it's going and everything. Really? Yeah, he. Um, okay, is that uh, Kid Rock's clothing? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I like that one. Now they're online shopping for Kid Rock. (laughs) Yeah, me and Rich are online shopping. Fur throwovers, track pants, (laughs) sunglasses. So, um, okay, so then, yeah, he's on an episode of Punked in 2003, and then he uh, breaks up with Pam Anderson in 2003, too. That's when they break up? They break up. I thought they were still together when she did Borat. Yes, they they get back together again. So 2003, they break up initially, and from what I've read, and he was on Howard Stern talking about it, too. It was like this thing where Pam Anderson wanted to be in L.A., and he wanted to be in Detroit. So it makes sense. Like, yeah. like you know, he's not really into, like, the L.A., Beverly Hills bullshit. He only sings songs about it, like Cowboy. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, 2004, he performs at the Super Bowl, if you guys remember that. Nope. And he was during the <laughs> halftime show, and he got in a lot of trouble. Because oh, because he showed his wore... tit. No, because, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny that you say that. Guy. Yeah, exactly. So he wears the American flag as a poncho. And a lot of people are, are uh, upset with him because he uh, put a hole in it. He put a hole in the poncho. He disgraced the flag or whatever. But it all gets fo- foreshadowed the next year because of the tit scandal, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. The old titty scandal. Uh, the old titty. Uh, 2005, um, he starts to get into some legal trouble. He beats up a strip club DJ and was <laughs> sued for $575,000 he dues. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he also appeal appears in the I'm movie. sure the DJ though probably deserved it. Yeah. What yeah. is Kid Rock doing in there? He's not I'm sure he's not fucking touching him and shit. He's probably better than that and the money Kid Rock seems like he wouldn't be He the seems guy like to yeah, he's, he's, he's got his head on his shoulders when it comes to shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Um but yeah, he uh he beats up this DJ and has to pay out five hundred and seventy five uh do- five hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Um, and he also appears in the Larry the Cable Guy movie, Health Inspector. <laughs> so he's a cable guy or a health inspector? What's going on here? <laughs> he's a little bit of both. All right. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit of both. And that also makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
2006, he releases Live Trucker. Oh, I do have that one, yeah. And um, I guess this is like, uh, it, it features some of the last recordings with Joe C. on it. So this is kind of his thing where he gets to say goodbye to oh, yeah, Joe yeah. C., which is kind of cool. I thought that was really cool. I think he basically just comes out and does his part in uh, Devil Without a Cause mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is basically it. I, you, you know what I like, too, is I like that he really had, like, genuine love for the guy, Joe C. Like, I thought that was really fucking cool, you know? Um and it's not illegal because he looked like a boy, but he wasn't. You know, it's funny, too. I read this thing that... Josie's dick's ten feet t- long. Yeah. Three foot nine with a ten foot... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I read this thing that he originally got Josie in the band because he was influenced by um, New Orleans jazz. And there's a scene in the New Orleans jazz where they have midgets... Um, singing songs for them or something. The lollipop kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they would be doing uh, good old uh, Dixie Land Jazz with the Lollipop Guild. Uh, 2006. Yeah, so then he marries uh, Pam Anderson in 2006, and he gets divorced with Pam Anderson the same year. And Does that have to do with Borat? Uh, well, okay, a little so bit because that was, was kind of anti-American-y. To, no, because she was forced to marry Borat once he put that sack over <laughs> That's her. That's what I meant. Looks like, obviously, we're not together anymore. <laughs> she's with Borat now. So she's with Borat. He has hepatitis actually, C. You know what's funny is she actually goes on record saying that it was because of the Borat movie that Kid Rock got jealous, and that's what fucked everything up. But Kid Rock goes on to say that it's because... Um, the kids don't get along like her kids and his kid don't get along oh. i read something where pam anderson thought that uh kid rock's kid was too violent and she was afraid to have them all sleep in the same room together i was well, like well i don't think the they f- need to sleep in the same room they probably have a mansion they have enough money to they don't even need to sleep in the same house yeah yeah um this is also the same this year is your wing this is theirs he's too violent when they sleep in the same <laughs> bed together <laughs> yeah, don't be violent Unlike Tommy Lee, who is never violent. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Kids uh, he didn't do it. Over at it. Worse than before. So. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. So, uh, now, I'm not sure if this had to, this added to him getting divorced with Pamela Anderson, but there's also a sex tape that was being threatened to be put out with Kid Rock. Which also stars uh, Creed guy, Creed guy, Scott Stapp together. I saw a clip of it. Yeah, so it's Kid Rock and Scott Stapp. They're both getting oral sex in like a jacuzzi or something. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Rock and roll Jesus. It was just really. I saw like a like a real quick clip. I guess that they were trying to shop, and it was just them on like couches in a back room. Oh damn! That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So I don't know if that had anything to do with the divorce, but that came out around the same time. Hell yeah. Uh, in 2007, uh, Rock releases Rock and Roll Jesus. Uh, the single So Hot with two T's uh, becomes their best charting rock song to date. Uh, how the I fuck? I don't even know that I've song. never heard I, of it. I've never heard of that. How is that possible? Ever. Yeah, I don't know what that I is. I think they probably classified other shit as something different. They can't, yeah, maybe. Maybe he was classified as rap before that. Uh, and now it's classified as rock because all the rap is completely out. So. Yeah, maybe. You might be right about that. Yeah. But this is like his highest charting thing. Um, he also features the song. It also features the song uh, All Summer Long. And that's the mashup between Werewolves of London and uh, <laughs> what the fuck is the other one? Sweet on my old band. So, yeah. And I love that Kid Rock just like exposes Rhymes things with things. 
We were smoking funny things and we were doing funny things and we were getting funny things. That that line could just go on forever and ever. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so that's one of the singles off of that. And then he ends up performing that song at the Country Music Awards with Lil Wayne featured on guitar. Typical. <laughs> wow, Lil Wayne on guitar. Lil Wayne on guitar. He is music. Mm-hmm. And... And this is another, like, milestone for Kid Rock because this is the first time that a rapper is featured on the uh, Country Music Awards. And 2007 is also the year that he gets charged with assault on Tommy Lee at the Video <laughs> Music Awards. Do you know anything about that, really? I don't. I didn't get to um, I remember seeing some kind of footage of them pushing each other, and that was it. And then I just saw the him being called every name yeah. by a judge. Yeah. And then uh, after he beats He up- actually was on um, Tommy Lee's album, The Methods of Mayhem, the first album in 2000. Oh, shit. Uh, New Skin, mm. uh, the main single off that, other than Get Naked. Um, Kid Rock's in the song. That makes perfect sense, too. That yeah. album sounds like Kid Rock should be on it. And then um, later that year, he gets in a brawl at a Waffle House. <laughs> and Typical. Is, and is charged with assault and battery. I saw this interview where he said something about, like, he just trashed the whole Waffle House. He just started smashing. How did people know? <laughs> yeah, they probably walked in and was like, "All right, this just looks like every other Waffle House." <laughs> it's funny because I just heard this thing on Joe Rogan. I think it was Brian Regan was on Joe Rogan talking about like Waffle Houses have the most videos of people getting in fights oh, yeah. or something. I saw one of a drunk guy eating his napkin, <laughs> and it was pretty disturbing. At a waffle House. At a Waffle House. <laughs> So then uh, 2009, uh, Kid Rock starts uh, – he does the typical rock star thing, and he starts a cruise, and it's called the the Chilling the Most Cruise. Oh, Do you know anything about this? Chilling the Most yeah, and Rock That Bitch that. Up and Down the Coast. Oh, shit. That's Tommy Lee. Oh, wow. As soon as they start Tommy doing Lee's cruises, crazy. it's over for me, man. Oh, yeah. That's why, yeah. Like, even BSB does a fucking cruise, and I'm like, I'm not going on a goddamn <laughs> cruise ship with fucking Nick Carter. Although, there's bitch. probably a lot of bitches yeah. on that. Yeah, 40-year-old yeah. bitch. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 40-year-old bitch, 40 bitches nah, we I, love to. I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I just, it's embarrassing. Like, kid rock cruise, that's what you want to do? You yeah. Wanna, Oof. Well, I mean, if you're going to be cruising funny things, smoking funny things, <laughs> and uh, funny, funny things. things, yeah. Um, also, in 2009, <laughs> he hosts the Country Music Television Awards, Typical. which I guess is different than Country Music Awards. Um, <laughs> 2010, uh, he releases uh, Born Free, which is produced by Rick Rubin. And at this point, he Wow, dropped, Rubin. Yeah. That's weird. And Rick Rubin, and it's funny that if Rick Rubin keeps coming up on every episode, dude. Like he, uh, you don't have to do a bonus. yeah, Rick, we got to do a Rick Rubin episode because he's produced so many fucking people. But Rick Rubin does this album, and he has a brand new accompanying band. He actually drops the what is it, the Twisted Brown Trucker Band? Oh, he drops them. He drops them, oh, and damn. he starts a new band. Um, and this is the first album that he puts out without a parental warning sticker. Which is fucking weird. So he he's, he's kind Josie. of made this tradition. Josie fucked him up. Josie fucked him up, man. Fuck you, Josie. Um, <laughs> you had to go die, you stupid prick. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, so this is like his first transition with like no um, rap rock elements on it whatsoever. It's just a straight country album. Uh, 2011, 
He allows uh, Mitt Romney to use the song Born Free on his campaign, which is literally the lamest song I've ever heard in my life. I never heard it, but I'm sure it is. Okay, well, I'll give you a a little piece of this. Uh, The chorus goes, well, I was born free. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Yeah, right. You already know what it is. Um, uh, So then 2012, he releases Rebel Soul, which is promoted by the NASCAR circuit. Typical. And... This is also where he's starting to perform for the troops. I saw this great interview with Kid Rock where he was like, man. Wait, he started then performing for the troops in 2012? He I, didn't do this in. It might have been a little bit before then. but this 2000 fucking two or three, whenever it started. Yeah, I think I think right when they're in um, Afghanistan and stuff, he is All right. doing those PTO That seems like something he would do. But um, what's funny about this is that. You know, with the popularity of this iconic country sound, he goes on to do this uh, this tour, and it's called uh, $20 Best Night Ever Tour. Mm. And basically what he does is, is he gets in this, like, uh, kind of fucking tiff with um, uh, Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster right. and he goes to Walmart because Ticketmaster is, like, trying to charge people, like, uh, service fees mm. and all this shit. So he basically tells Ticketmaster, go fuck yourself. Every seat... On my tour is $20, and you also get free parking. Damn. Free food. What? Free coffee. Get the fuck out of here. $4 beers, and all the merch that he sells is under $20. Jesus. Where, where though? Like whatever venue he's at? Whatever venue he's at, yeah. So, so like Walmart PNC? helps him set this okay. deal up. And when I read that, I was like, God damn it, Kid Rock, you're the fucking man, dude. Like, that is... That is awesome. Yeah. You can't fuck I like he's playing the Prudential Center in uh, March. I saw, I saw that. I kind of almost want to see him just to support <laughs> sure, this fucking guy because I don't even like his music that much. But I'm like, damn, dude, you're the he's just such man. a personality that I you feel like. A couple of years ago, I bought a tick, a couple tickets to see him at PNC. I think they were 25 bucks. I bought it off his website. And I just forgot. <laughs> so, kid, if you're listening, enjoy your next dinner on me because I gave you fifty dollars. Not only did James, I didn't even show up. Not only did James buy the edited version, then have to go buy it back and buy the other one. But he bought a ticket and just said, "Fuck it." Fuck, you're right. Too much money spent on Kid Rock. It's fucking awesome. But yeah, I read that. I thought that was really cool. Uh, 2015. He uh, switches record labels. He gets away from Atlantic. He goes with Warner Brothers, and now he's full country. Now he's just like 100% uh, full country. He releases first Kiss in 2015, which is straight up a uh, country album. And then uh, recently, 2017 of this year, uh, so he expresses his interest through uh, of running for U.S. Senate, uh, repping Michigan as a Republican. And I, I was reading a lot of weird shit where people were like, oh, now he's a Republican, whatever. I'm like, you didn't realize he was Republican <laughs> before this point? Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> I remember I remember back in the day, like when Bush was president, it was probably like 04, mm-hmm. I read an interview with Kid Rock in, in Rolling Stone. And it was just like, he basically was just saying like, all these politicians, like, he's like, you just got to... He was like, I don't understand why celebrities, I guess, are just coming in mm-hmm. and, and talking about politics. Because uh-huh. he's like, all these guys, no matter what side they're on, they're a lot smarter than we are as celebrities and musicians. He's like, and it, it kind of, <clears throat> it was cool because 
he's just this like real dude. But I guess if you don't believe with his political beliefs, which I have fucking no, I have never heard one mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. other than I'm sure he owns guns and he likes not too political, a little cynical. So I, it's funny that we're we're talking about this because I did watch this interview early on Kid Rock, maybe 2002, where he, uh, people were asking him about. Um, like what he would do as far as the Afghanistan situation and all the stuff goes. He's like, well, I'm going to tell you exactly what I do. And like, I think he did it for Fuse or something. And somebody probably should have cut this because he goes, all right, so this is what I would do. I'd go into a village and I'd go, where are the insurgents? And when they would tell me, I don't know where they are, I burn the village to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> then I go into the next village. Where are the insurgents? <laughs> He's like, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's wrong. That's just how I do it. <laughs> so I love that. You know what? I don't agree with his politics. But it's so uncensored and him that you got to give it to him. Yes, yes. Like, I'm not a political guy. I'm not liberal or Republican. And if Kid Rock sways your way to think that way, then you're a fucking idiot to begin with that you're listening to what Kid Rock has to say. Let him say what he says and, you know. It's the same thing as any other celebrity. If you're you're holding too much water about what a celebrity says about politics. Exactly. Who the – who fucking cares what, like, X person says? They're already famous. They already have money. They can already spew – like whatever politic bullshit mm-hmm. they want on you. I just like that Kid Rock uh, just speaks his mind whether he's right or wrong. I just think that's fucking hilarious. Um, so for a while then, uh, people really were getting kind of worried that he was running for Senate in Michigan because he was killing it in the polls. And then at the very end of the day, he was just like, fuck no, I'm not running. I'm Kid fucking Rock. Are you out of your mind? Like That's great. Yeah. Did he ever say anything about the water that's all fucked up over there? I, uh, you know what, he probably did. I, did, I know what you're talking about, uh, Flint, Michigan, right? The yeah. whole water situation. <laughs> Flint, yeah, that would be good. Uh, I didn't look into it. I'm sure he said something about it, but uh, that's really all I got on Kid Rock, man. And dude, he, I mean, I gotta say, I really fucking like him as a person. I can't say that I'm a huge fan of his music. I do respect. Uh, if I were to recommend any albums to anybody, early morning, early morning Stone Pimp. Dude, that's him doing his fucking yeah. thing, and it actually sounds pretty decent. Um, Polyfuse method. Where did you listen to Early Morning Stone Pen? I, I YouTube. I, okay. I to be to be perfectly honest, when Kid Rock was out, I was more of an Eminem fan. I feel like there was like that kind of yeah. Like you got to pick one. Basically, you know saying like I, I, you can't buy Early Morning Stone Pimp on, right. on a shelf. Can you listen to the whole album on YouTube? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So if you go on YouTube, I think he's what happened on... with him and Eminem because they were cool and then they just stopped talking. And I think they are so together. cool. Are I think they? they are so cool because yeah, they yeah, kind of yeah. just stopped altogether after "Fuck Off." Was that mm. the song he did on Eminem's? Well, I mean, no, no. I think from Eminem's standpoint, he was really that backpack rapper. He was like the real underground kind of thing. Like I grew up with like rap music, so I loved Eminem growing up. Um, but, yeah, I think he kind of looked at Kid Rock as like, this isn't what I'm trying to do, yeah. you know. But I don't think they have any beef. It All looks right. like they're so cool and everything. Um, but, yeah, as far so now, you know, we laid the story out. Who plays who in the Kid Rock documentary? A possum with a wig. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> possum with a wig will play Kid Rock. Yes. All right. I like it. And um, I'm going to go back with my... <laughs> Okay, I think I, for the Fred Durst episode, I think I said that I wanted Billy Zane to play Fred Durst. I think Billy Zane could play for Kid Rock in this episode, in that movie, actually. A little more cracked out. Um, what about one of those Stranger Kids? Could they be Stranger Josie? Thing kids? Stranger <laughs> Thing Kids? No, they're too tall again. Who's a good, oh, what's a Peter Dinklage, maybe, could play a good Josie? Ooh, Peter Dinklage, that's a good... 
Joe C. Yeah, I I think he would do that straight and fucking with a nice hurt. English accent. Mm-hmm. I'm the J O E to the C, ho. Oh, Christian Bale. I feel like uh, every episode we do, we put Christian Bale because Christian Bale could play anything. <laughs> James Franco could probably play. Oh, that. yeah. Oh, With yeah. the lazy eye that he used no, in the no, room. No, no, no. He's got it. That's hands down. Kid Rock. Yeah. Yeah, that is he just perfect. He plays it as the same person. He yeah. plays it as the same as the uh, Spring Breaker guy, basically. Hi, Mark. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> oh, hi, Josie. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know really anybody else. That would be in the movie. Uh, I guess you would have Fred Durst in that Maybe movie, too. Maybe you can get uh, Gary yeah. Sinise in the Forrest Gump. Get up Ooh. to play his brother. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Queen Latifah could play Stephanie Eulinger. Kid Rock's brother got his legs. <laughs> Uncle Cracker would be um, the guy from Smash Mouth. Ooh. Steve, Steve, whatever the guy, Steve Harlan, Guy Fury, Guy, guy, guy Fury. Fury, yeah, yeah, play, Steve uh, Harlow or whatever the fuck his name is. Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth, Kevin <laughs> James, Kevin <laughs> James. Yeah, there you go. That's Paul Uncle Cracker. Carp, Carp, Carp. He's a in this one. Mark, Mark, Carp. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good, Robert De Niro, Ro- Bobby D, dude, as Kid Rock. Bobby D is Bobby. Willie, I Rich. think it's Billy. Billy. Billy Richie. Richie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts about Kid Rock, man? That's about it. Right. I remember when I saw him, he dropped out uh, these look like hundred dollar bills, but it had his face on it. Oh, that's awesome. It was like Bob Richie, and um, it was awesome. Well, you saw him uh ninety nine. Ninety nine with uh, <laughs> uh DDT opened and then it was Power Man five thousand oh. and Kid Rock. Yeah, that's a good I tour. S- I saw him on <laughs> I saw him on Letterman and Letterman it was probably like not his first performance and Letterman afterward when he came I was like, Hey, what's up, Bob? And it like it always stuck with me where I was like, People just fucking like this dude. Like mm-hmm. he, talk, he yeah. talks. He's very like yeah. he's probably mm-hmm. just real cool unlike, unlike Fred Durst. Yeah. Everybody wants to punch him. It yep, feels yep. like Fred Durst is like, Oh yeah, I'm good friends with him and I was talking <laughs> and people are like, I don't fucking know him, but Kid Rock is literally good friends with yep. the guy. Yep, yep. Um yeah, I mean that's like his appeal, man. He really has that whole like he'll sit down and have a beer with you kind of thing. He'll fucking fucking hey, dude, you you break out an eight ball, he'll do a fucking line with you, yeah. dude. Like Kid Rock uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of his music, but he's the fucking man, dude. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, definitely checking out uh, History of Rock and everything before there. That That's definitely the classic Kid Rock. Not so much into his country stuff, but made sense for me yeah. in this story for him. And I didn't care because I, I didn't need Kid Rock in my life that long. <laughs> he was in it for the perfect <laughs> I had my own thing going on. Once I turned 15, I'm like, all right, I get it. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Go to country. But uh, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Um, yeah. And then, other than that, my name is Ken. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'd like to thank James for joining us to talk Kid Rock. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Valuable Radio. For more episodes, please visit ValuableRadio.com or subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. To reach out to us directly, please email us at ValuableRadioPodcasts at gmail.com.